we're going to begin tonight's adventure not on the airship, not in the city of Gaim, but actually we're going to begin tonight's adventure somewhere in the vicinity of South Central Urida, uh, between the mountain range where one can find stainless. Let me put the map up there on screen. Let me just orient you here. So Rust Free, now known as Stainless, we're between Rust Free and Gaim here, where the, the green of the plains gives way to the uh, tan of the desert, if you will. Uh, that sort of border area here. And in that location, we join our friends Gunner and Jebediah Peppermint. Gunner, foot down on the accelerator uh, of the cipher truck. Jebediah in the back seat, um, frantically, well, probably not frantic at this point, but definitely um, very focused in on using his magical abilities to preserve the frozen tier of Thrax and how the ice dragon, one of the components you need for the big ritual that is to come. Um, take me into what the vibe has been like for most of the trip. You know, how has the interaction been between the two of you? Is it tense? Is it relaxed? How, how are things in the truck? You've been mostly unassailed because, um, Gunner's gone out of his way to avoid anybody, but that does mean it's been a little bit of a longer journey than it could have been otherwise. You know, just take us into the, the space here in the cypher truck. Well, I mean, is it, uh, you would, you're telling me it doesn't just stay frozen? I thought that, like, if it was magic or something, like, something really, like, special like that, maybe it would just, like, magically stay that way? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I mean, it's a tear. Maybe it's salty. Maybe it's just, like, the fact that it's, it came out of a dragon's eye. I don't know. But it's I getting mean, melty, and that's not good, so. This if is you're thinking about, do. have you ever... Do you know it's? Have you tried to lick it? Do you know? Do you know if it's salty? Uh, uh I mean, maybe a little, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> I, I wouldn't tell a soul. The intrusive thoughts sometimes, you know. Well, you know, yeah, and might, you know, have to do with sitting back but... here in the back is just kind of boring. I'm just sitting here yeah, casting yeah, I mean... ice on it, and I was like, "What else am I gonna do?" I'm like, you know, your brain's just like, lick it, man, just lick it. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I mean, no, that's stupid, but you know three days go by <laughs> gunner I, mean, I would like you to make a perception check from your seat uh in the front kind of steering and driving and also how are you steering and driving have you opted to sit on the top of the carriage and use real horses or oxen or rote or have you opted to sit inside and burn some wingle digits to make the drive we're burning some wingle digits cool quieter um, less tracks i get it yeah Perception. Oh, that's not very good. That's a four. That's a four. Uh, you don't notice until they're almost on top of you that there are several mounted creatures chasing you. Uh, they are on a mixture of horseback and zebra back. Um, they're wielding what looks to be um, ranged weapons, rifles, bows, those sorts of things. There are six of them that you can see galloping along uh, near you and next to you, and you can see uh, that they are wearing the attire of the private security goons' forces. 
as they are oh. uh, kind of bearing down upon you. The sun going down in the distance is leaving you in kind of like that dusky twilight uh, sort of situation. And because, as we've just established, you're kind of on the open plains in the desert, it, there's not a whole lot of cover for you to get to. It's kind of a matter of can you outrun them sure. or not. Um, is there anything you're going to try besides just like slam the gas? Um, is, uh, are they, where are they coming from? Did they come from behind us and catch up? Are they like, yeah, they have fallen in from behind you. So they're, they're pursuing from behind. Oh, okay. Um, Gunner <laughs> is going to, uh, <laughs> he's going to like turn back. Uh, hey, um, I think we're being followed by, uh, some goons. Um, do you have a minute to, uh, take this and Gunner's going to like, uh, hand back uh a an explosive yeah um yeah what all right and when uh when he does that jeb's actually going to cast enhance ability on gunner and i'm going to give you advantage on what would be you what would you use for driving would that be like your dexterity um was it did we argue at some point that it could be survival yeah, we argued it could be survival or um, animal handling. Uh, Gunner uses survival. Um, so wisdom checks then. Okay. Uh, and then um, Gunner will say, uh, all right, so you see the you see the pin on the top? Don't touch it yet. Okay, yeah. That but, one right there. Um, what, I, what I want you to do is open, crack open a back door, pull the pin, toss the grenade out. I'm, I call them grenades. I think I think it's a good name for nice, it. Nice. Um, toss it out, and uh, it should slow them down. Sound okay. Good? All right. Yep. And I'm going to crack the back window, like a little yeah, little flap. Mm-hmm. Pull the pin and drop it. So you're just dropping it basically right on the ground where you were. Well, yeah. I mean, how far away are they? They're, I mean, I'll they're wait gaining. for them to get a little close. They're, you yeah. know, probably between 50 and 100 feet away right now. So that's probably I'm not going to try timing. and lob it. I'm just going to try and, like, drop it. Great. So you pull out the pin, ding, and you drop the grenade on the ground, and it kind of disappears backwards into the sound of galloping hooves, and you see it kind of vanish into the dust cloud. Um, and then I would like... Cleo's going to roll a d20, and Trevor's going to roll a d20. Uh, and Trevor's goal is to roll below what Cleo rolled. So Cleo, okay. don't tell us what you rolled. Um, Trevor's going to tell us the number first, and then we're going to see how it goes. I have my number. Okay, go ahead and tell us your number. It is a natural 20. <laughs> Cleo, what did you roll? A natural one? No way. Um, well, uh, unfortunately... <laughs> Only the back two riders are taken out by the grenade. Um, The others make it past before the fuse explodes and the rush continues in your direction. Uh, They're kind of still galloping and and stampeding along behind you. All right. Um, I think we got a couple of ideas. Yeah, great. I'll I'll Uh, take care of the rest of these. Perfect. I'm just going to keep going straight unless you tell me to, then I can try you. As you continue going straight, you see you see a, a flare shoot past into the air, kind of arcing over top of the cipher truck. So, Gunner, you see this bright red kind of flare lob out into the distance over the desert, sort of illuminating. It looks like just the path you're taking, um, but it kind of goes up into the air and then it burns out with a little fizzle. 
if that thing blew up at the end of it, it'd be way cooler. But anyway, all right. I think I think they're calling in more. Jeb, what are we what are we doing? <clears throat> how how in a line are they? The, Not the two they're remaining. They're kind of fanned out. There are mm. four remaining. You took out two, four remain, and they are fanned out um, like Wild West style. You know, so okay. it's just a wall of four of them. <clears throat> well, hmm. I don't want to. You know what? Um, let's do a beefed up magic missile. Okay. And I'm going to target their mounts. Great. Uh, how much damage is your beefed up magic missile doing? Um, well, the beefing up is more darts. So uh, let's see. It starts at three. Let's dump a fourth level into it. So that'll be six total. We'll do three on each side. Great. Uh, so basically you have one miss basically on each side that you they can do. don't miss uh, or not miss one failed attempt to knock someone over right because your goal is to trip up the mounts right sure I mean it might kill the mounts okay um, go ahead and I mean, roll damage for me it's a lot of d4s please hold a second while I grab all my d4s no worries. We'll just let the intense music play while so nothing in particular happens. You roll per card, not one roll for all Six. And that is 18 damage divided by two, so nine damage to each of these zebras. Okay. Uh, nine damage to each of the four zebras. None of them die. But one of them falls over, dumping its its rider on the ground. So now there are three of them that are following you. One of them raises the rifle up uh, to I shoulder height. But you said there was two left. No, there's four. There were six. You knocked out two, four remaining. You just knocked out one more. So there's three remaining. Kind of fanned out. They're kind of, um, you know, one centered and then one to your left and one to your right. The one in the center raises up the rifle of ice knife that he's carrying takes aim down the sights. He's going to roll an attack at disadvantage and uh, you have uh, uh, concealment as well. So um, I think concealment is a percentage mischance in, in this edition, but I don't remember off the top of my head. I'll look it up here in a second. Oh, okay, cool. That works. Um, he rolled a, an 18 to hit you with the... No, he didn't. It's disadvantage. He takes the worst one. He rolled a five. Definitely doesn't hit you. Also, Wash's camera just, like, plonked out. Oh, he's back. Um, rolled a five. So he takes a shot at you, and the the ice knife, ding, kind of ricochets off the back of the, the cypher truck, and a little bit of the cold kind of spirals out from the point of impact. You know, little frost icicles kind of climbing in a, a maybe a three-inch kind of circle from the point where it smacked into the cypher truck. The two next to him each appear to be kind of readying but waiting for waiting for a better opportunity to hit you they're not they're not willing to take the risk on the the concealment um taking that shot at you uh gunner up in the front i'd like you to roll a check for me we're going to see if you're going to gain any distance on the mounts the dc to beat is a 15 
All right. So you're not going to lose distance. This is just, do you pull away or not? I got a 27. So I think 27 gunner is pulling significantly further ahead. You're pretty sure that Jeb, you're pretty sure that they're still in range to make one more attack, but at this speed, you should lose them the next time that gunner has a chance to pull ahead. Um, okay. As far as initiative order is concerned, that'll kind of bring us back to Jeb here. Um, what would you like to do Jeb? Um, have I had like have has a number of days of travel gone by? Do I have like yes, a number of days spells? of travel have gone by. So you've got spells okay. except for whatever you're using to keep the right um, the thing cold. I would say just pick like a middle level <laughs> spell slot and deduct two, and we'll say that's kind of what you've been using to gotcha. to keep the the tier cold. Um, okay, well let's. Uh, Sorry about the squealing. I'm, that's my mic. I'm gonna bump it up a little bit, and we are going to do. A scorching ray. Ooh. Yeah, well, you are. No. No, you're not. Just kidding. You're not doing that. Well, he looks at the uh <laughs> at the dragon's tier that's like ice. And he is like, Oh yeah. I wanna fire off these rays of fire. Um we're gonna do some more magic missiles. But okay. he's gonna he's gonna upcast it again. Okay, are you attacking the mounts again? <clears throat> yeah. Okay, all three mounts die. They were very low hit points, um, but I'm going to give a dexterity save to the two who were kind of waiting for their moment to like realize they're going down and take a shot mm-hmm. at you. Okay. Um, both of them passed, so there are two more um, One of them ice rifle shots coming at you. One of them is going to get a uh, chronal shift on that. Okay, I'll roll the next one. That one <laughs> fell out of my hand. I won't count it. Uh, 14. Does that, I, I don't know why I said, does that pass your spell save? Um, it's a deck save and the DC was 15. So only one of them is going to take the shot. Okay. Um, so you see one of them like raises up his rifle and Jeb notices in time and kind of casts the spell and you see him he kind of blurs and because he's already falling now he's not fast enough. And so although he's trying to do the same motion, he hits the ground before he can get you in his sights. The other one stands up in the saddle. And so he kind of like, almost like he's surfing down a wave. He like picks up the rifle as the, the zebra falls to the ground and he's going to make his shot at disadvantage. He rolled a 10 both times, which plus his mods is a 14. Does that pass your AC considering you have concealment? <clears throat> Partial concealment. Um, it does not. Okay. Another ding as the um, ice rifle kind of bounces off the back. This one's even a little bit closer than the first one was. Um, so it maybe hits like right at the seal, you know, where the window would be weather sealed and kind of like sprays a little bit of ice on your face, but not any that like damages you. Um, and then he too goes down and there is a brief moment where you think maybe you've lost them. Um, Gunner, it's you in the front who realizes that you haven't because the reinforcements they called are on their way, um, following that flare. And All right. they, are they coming from the front, like coming at us? Yeah, they're coming from the front, coming at you. All right. And there are three shadow creatures riding um, like war dogs, basically, like huge mm-hmm. Malamute sized dogs towards you, um, just like rushing towards you. You know, a little bit of uh, dust and smoke kind of blowing up behind them as the, the night is probably getting from dusky. Now it's getting into true dark, you know. Well, they, uh, the cavalry's here and it uh, does not look very nice um gunner is going to what is gunner gonna do um i think gunner gunner is gonna follow the owlin playbook a little bit and kind of play chicken with uh like basically oh, okay 
basically point out like he's gonna single out oh uh can he insight single out um who he thinks might be the most susceptible to like if he just like barreled at him that they might uh yeah he be the first one to chicken out this is gonna be a pretty tough roll since they're far away from you right yeah. now riding towards you to like read their body language but you can definitely go for it um we'll set the dc at 18 uh, i to- got an 11 Okay, so you can't really figure um, out which chronal, of them is. Chronal shift. Oh, he okay. gets another shot at it. Oh, you also, if this is a wisdom check, you have advantage on it from your enhance ability. Oh, you're right. So you didn't so need go ahead the and roll your, shift. your chronal shift uh, with advantage there. Uh, 19. 19. That beats an 18. Uh, you are able to determine that it seemed, they all seem pretty confident, but if one of them was going to break, you think it would be the leftmost one. Okay. Uh,. All right, uh, tell me if this sounds terrible, but I'm gonna uh, play chicken with the one on the left. That sounds like the good kind of terrible. All right, I like so you. Here's Gunner, what I want you to place your bets. Gunner, here's what I want you to do. I want you to roll intimidation. Okay. And we're gonna treat the fact that you're using the vehicle's engine as like you're using a tool to assist you, basically. So you can roll intimidation with advantage against um, their like charisma check, basically, to avoid right. being intimidated. They rolled high. Thank you, advantage. Uh, that is a dirty twenty. Okay, uh, so as you you know, kind of rev up the magical engine, it's probably it sounds more like the Batmobile in the Dark Knight than like a car engine. You know, there's kind of, kind of nice. like that high pitch uh, sort of noise as it as it goes, and then yeah, that like the, like deep guttural like rumbling as it kind of propels itself across the ground, and they're riding towards you. You can hear you know the wolf howling, the the wolves howling um, through the night air, kind of rings and echoes around you, and there's this closing towards you know we kind of zoom out and we see you closing towards each other from above. You've got the one plume of smoke or dust coming out behind you. They, they're kicking up all kinds of dirt and debris as they're racing towards you. Um, and then almost out of like completely out of left field, you've been eyes locked on left guy. You're trying to intimidate. You're rushing towards him. He's rushing towards you. He does not seem like he's about to break. They're maybe 20 feet away from you when something massive blurs out from one of the sides and leaps horizontally across them, knocks all three of them over and you hear this snarl. Um, and then another thing blurs past and jumps on top of the pile. A third jumps past and you realize as you're looking out the window, it's actually probably Jeb who puts it together first because he's seen them before you are looking at three of the Royal dire wolves from Udril who have just leapt into them and you see standing behind them on the ground, holding the rod of constitution. Oh, the, uh, King of Udril with the, uh, the remaining nine of, of the 12, uh, Royal wolves of Udril, um, standing there. And he, he looks towards you and kind of waves you over, like trying to get you to pull over. We need to go towards that guy. He's a good guy. He's a really, really, really good guy. He's a great guy. We need to go towards him. All right, I like this stick that he's holding. And yeah, it's a good stick. It's a really, it's one of these. And Jeb like waves the rod of uh, luck. It's a um, good stick. As you as you drive towards him, he kneels on the ground and sets the rod of constitution sort of in place, so it's standing vertically. He steps forward so that he's almost like the hero stance, you know, one knee up, but he's standing on top of the rod of charisma, and he points towards where the shadow creatures have been pinned 
by three of his wolves and he howls on the wind and the ground fissures in a line from the rod of constitution out to where the creatures are. They fall into it and then it slams shut again. Oh geez. Um, And the three wolves kind of get up and very gently walk back over and like sit down for pets. Um, As you pull to a stop, he comes up to the window and he says, your airship landed recently. They explained your situation. I rode out to meet you because it is not safe for you to approach from the ground level. Gaim is besieged. We need to take you another way. I know a way through the underdark that they have not yet found. Um, and so he basically is there to escort you back to the city of Gaim. Um, I'm assuming you're going to go with him. Yeah. Your majesty, you are a sight for sore eyes. It's good to see you again. And yeah. <laughs> It's I'm good impressed. to see you too. Thank you. Yes, we um, haven't had much cause for hunting in many, many decades, but the wolves are fed great <laughs> at this time. Uh, and you kind of follow him down a little, um, like a little tunnel-y looking, not, not quite as organic as the dirt folk tunnels, not quite as rough hewn as a dwarven structure, but just sort of like maybe a naturally occurring cave that's been widened a bit where it needs to be. Um, it's not wide enough the whole way through for the cipher truck. Um, the question is, will you leave the cipher truck in the open so that you can tell a dragon to come fetch it and bring it back? Or will you hide the cipher truck in the ravine so that it's not as easy to be seen, but it'll be harder to get like a dragon can't fit in this tunnel to come get it. Um, what would you like to do? I mean, you're the boss. We seem to hide this thing pretty often. So I think that's somewhat of a safe bet, but depends on whether you think we'll need it soon. Yeah, um, I mean, if we have the time, I can just mold earth around it and make it fit in the edge of the cave, kind of help keep it out of the way a little bit. Let's do that. We'll close this up behind us. It's not big enough to flee or evacuate the city anyway. Let's go ahead, uh, Gunner, back it up in here a little, and I'll just like, I'm just like shaving earth off of the side of the the cave and moving stone around and like, and then waving, like flagging back. I was say, yeah, Gunner, Gunner's going to put it in reverse. And, I mean, that's that's cool that it actually has a backup warning warning sound. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, it's really that. terrible for when you're trying to be stealthy, but for instances like this oh, yeah, where I can sure. clearly see you backing up, it's quite useful. Very nice. Glad that's canon now. <laughs> well, I guess the other times you've hidden it, you've always driven it forwards, right? Even when you impaled it in the woods. <laughs> you know, Gunner, I'm impressed that you actually found the reverse. Like, that's that's never been used on this thing before. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even think I've seen Bruza use it. I mean, Bru- yeah. Bruza just drifts into positions. So that's, I mean, fair. Yeah. that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Bruiser's like, you mean that R, like, does something? <laughs> <laughs> it's cool here this way. <laughs> I only know the numbers that make it go. <laughs> Um, so you, you successfully hide the cipher truck, you mold earth around it, and basically you just fully seal up this tunnel. So it's not accessible from the outside area at all. Um, and in doing so, you kind of establish your passage to the city of Gaim and the, the Dwarven King explains to you as you're on your way there, you know, your, your companions arrived in an airship, um, yesterday, they sent, you know, us out to come and find you because we, we heard about your situation. Um, and we will, we'll bring you back. You should be there by, by morning. Um, so it's probably like an overnight journey for the two of you. And you know what that means? It means a story time of the wing badger tavern and it will be right back. Yay.
Welcome back to the Wing Badger Tavern, where friends tell stories. Let's meet the players for tonight's Dungeons and Dragons adventure. Hello, I am Jake, and I play Gunner, who talk, talks like this. And uh, he is a Hematician mastermind rogue. I also play Alan, the Azamar uh, Artificer Barbarian. I think you're muted. Hello, <laughs> I am Cleo. I never forget to unmute. Uh, and uh, doing a little bit of ASMR uh, for no apparent reason. Uh, but I'm a rogue changeling sometimes. Uh, and uh, my name's Fox. But I'm a rogue changeling sometimes. And I don't mess up my intro ever. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I am Trevor. I am clearly not muted. I play Bruiser, the Wing Badger Inquisitive Rogue, who is, well, it sounds like we landed in kind, but piloting the, the, the chief pilot on the airship. And hey, I'm Wash. I play Jebediah Peppermint, the Molefolk Gun Wizard who spits fire and fires spit. And I also play Radford the White, um, the white dragonborn monk who likes to kick things and fix the shoes that he uses to kick things with. Good for him. And I'm Josh, the Wing Badger Game Master, and I am not the last person who needs to make an introduction tonight because we have a fifth with us. Hi, friends. I'm Willa the Wisp, and I will be playing Clara Albuquerque. She's back. The most wonderful fairy dragon you ever done meet. But we don't meet Clara just yet. Instead, we find ourselves... Uh, about a day and a half earlier as the airship led down by the bronze dragon um, is is descending into Gaim. Now, the city of Gaim, you can actually see if you're watching us, you can see kind of some concept art of Gaim uh, behind our cameras here. But Gaim is built into a mountain, so it's almost like a, like a big crater that's just been made much, much deeper. Um, and rather than being open at the top like a volcano, it's a closed roof with uh, some holes to let shafts of light in. However, since you last visited Gaim, those openings, those skylights have been widened to make enough room for a small to medium sized dragon, uh, to enter and exit. Basically the, the dragons from Fladena that have been, um, helping kind of patrol the skies and, and keep people safe are using that as their, their egress point. And they have, uh, on the 10th tier, the top level of Gaim, they have changed some of the pendants that would normally be city block sized. Um, they have changed some of those to be more like landing pads where they've kind of demolished the buildings that would be on top of them. Instead, it's just this huge chain anchored to the, the roof of the city and then kind of a big flat stone platform there. And so the dragon kind of guides you down to one of those stone platforms and your arrival has attracted an awful lot of attention. Uh, you know, Alan, you're kind of standing on that back ramp that, that lowers to become your boarding and, and exiting, uh, area. Hey, loophole King. Uh, so you, you land and the first thing that happens is someone down there just looks up at you and goes, sup, uh, it's the loophole <laughs> King, uh, standing there on the platform saying sup to you, uh, which is pretty cool. But there's also a bunch of other people who are like here to demand things of you. You know, the air the airships don't come and go from here very often. Um, it's dragons who are who are coming in and out. And so for one, the platform is not quite big enough for an airship. Uh, your airship's not gigantic, but it sleeps 25. You know, it's 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 mega yacht sized. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as you come down to the platform, there are you can see a couple members of the the army of Gaim who are kind of like pushing back, um, you know, 
passers-by and, and peasants and townsfolk and whatnot. Um, and you really get a sense at this point in time for how bad things are in Gaim. Uh, you, you can see, you know, the, the top tier of Gaim was never rich, but now it's like dilapidated. You know, trash is littering the streets, um, the, the walkways that connect the different city blocks, those pendants, they're just clogged with refugees. Tents have been just set up anywhere they can go. Um, you know, Gaim is the last free city in Urida right now. So it's, it's people from everywhere. You see dirt folk and you see tieflings and you see elves and you see gnomes and, um, you, you know, everyone is just here kind of crammed into the streets. The residential areas of, that are normally there in Gaim, which are the walls of the city, um, have all these kind of apartments built into them. Um, all of the balconies of the apartments have extra people sleeping on them. Rather than hearing the noise of street performers playing music and, you know, machinery working and the, the blacksmiths of the stacks hammering away, instead what you hear are babies crying and tense whispers and hurried footsteps. Um, the occasional, you know, city guard shouting for order or trying to, to keep things happening. Um, way down below, if you kind of lean over the airship and you look the whole way down to the, the bottom of this 1,200 foot, you know, mega cavern, basically, down on the lowest tier where the royal palace is, you can see great big lights, wingle digit powered lights, where, you know, there's a lot of military apparatus that's been arrayed by the doors to the Underdark, trying to make sure that nothing sneaks in there. Um, above you, all of the entrances uh, along the walls that would lead you out into the mountain range. They're all staffed by um, battalions of soldiers and little squads and patrols. And there's, you know, messengers are flurrying around like ants back and forth between them, kind of coordinating all of the military's efforts um, in, in analog, so to speak, right? They can't use like message spells or anything like that. Um, and wingle digits are precious in a siege city. So there's a lot of like couriers just taking messages back and forth. Um, and so as you land in this kind of dark, reflection of what Gaim once was. Um, Alan, you're standing on that back ramp. You are sort of hit in the face with the brunt of the demands. Um, and so we're going to have, everybody's going to demand things of you at once. The other players are going to play people with demands of you. So Trevor, uh, you are representative of a soldier who's trying to get news of the outer world. You know, how are things going out there? Um, what's the army doing? That kind of information. Wash, you are representative of various civilians and passersby who all want news from a different place. So people who want news of Tumbleweb or what's happening to their family in Udril or they're concerned about Aspesh or whatever, you can just kind of keep adding people to the throng and improvising as you will. I've got someone that I'm going to be playing as and Cleo is going to be reprising her role as Wigbert, the uh, <laughs> snooty palace attendant uh, who always has something that's being done improperly to complain about. Um, and so as Bruiser deftly guides the airship to uh, not the gentlest of stops because the, the landing pad's the wrong size, but it's not damaging or scary. You know, there's just kind of a solid dunk and the ramp descends and immediately everyone begins talking at once. Uh, Mr. Allen, Mr. Allen, uh, I have news from the army outside. Sir, up there, up there. I need your attention over here. You can't, you can't just, you can't just bring this in here without food. Are you going to be handing out food what to everyone? What of Udril? You're from, you're, you're, you have a station there. What of Udril? Uh, yes, I, I, I am sorry. I, if I could, um, point, yes, uh, you, what, what did you say about, uh, from the army outside? We just were flying over. We no, there's no time to talk about yet. that. We're out of food. Is you? Did you bring us food stuffs? No, no, no. Uh, I have news. Wait, wait, you're muted. We we need to know about the food. 
Uh, yes, we have food stored and in the in the galley no. on the ship underneath. Someone um, begins kind of pushing past you on the ramp, trying to get into the galley as the monks inside are trying to push their way out. Like, let us off this ship, you know, trying to get out of the of, yes. out of the ship. Uh, yes, if you make way this uh, way, yes. down. You you all need to fill out the proper forms. You haven't filled. Uh, Wig, Wigbert, if I me, I assure that you, uh, if you talk no to the queen, she will be expecting my us. My temple in Tumbleweb. They fill out the Is forms. It, every does it remain? Does it remain uh, in Tumbleweb? I am sorry. I the we have not confiscated stopped my cabbages. by. We we, we have not stopped by Tumbleweb. I'm I I apologize this if you right now you need to pay a fee. If you we speak have to if you speak to Dragonelle's waiting that you've taken their landing pad. Wigbert, I'm sorry. If you speak to my helmsman Bruiser, he will sort you out. Um, and uh, the the rest. Well, send him here immediately. The queen's very upset. I, I, I I'm and sorry. I, I'm not just me. I'm uh, definitely not. Speaking of the queen, where where is she? I need to speak to her. You you will deal with her after you've paid your fines. <laughs> I assure you that we do not owe any fines. I'm sorry. Uh, Dude, if, if I may the find the particulator. I'm counting the time. Uh, Alan, Alan is going to me, try to, as Al, Alan is going to, as politely as possible, try to weave through and um, and find the particulator. You and can't just walk away from roll, this. Uh, Wigbert, as I what said. What should Alan roll to navigate the crowd? What should that be? Uh... Gosh. Intimidation. Uh, <laughs> Alan doesn't want to intimidate. If anything, uh, it, it could be like a charisma because he is like sure. trying to do it politely. Yeah, and let's try have to roll like charisma. Everybody else roll charisma as well. This is just whether he can shake them or not. It's not like they're going to compel him into action, but it's just how many people are tagging along with him as he continues his journey. Uh, if you, if you, I, I would like to resource you to um, Bruiser Wigbert. Uh, he is by the helm, and then. The rest of you, I'm, I'm sure one of you is already finding their way to the galley, and it it will it will all be sorted out. I just need to speak with the queen and with Laredith. Uh Alan got a twelve on charisma. Okay, how many of you are tagging along with Alan? I got a five. I got a thirteen. Okay, so I got a thirteen. <laughs> so Wigbert and like a random assortment of peasants from other areas are just stuck crowded around you as you're trying to make your way to to the edge of the Alan, and, and, As you as you're in the elevator, there's a an older dirt folk man and and his wife in there. And he turns to you and he says, Hey, I remember you. Uh you stayed at our place in Red Hill. Uh yes, that 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 sound that feels like a long time ago. Have you have you heard anything from Red Hill? Is it is it still is it still there? Um, I sadly have not heard anything. Uh, my travels. Well, now that you've you come, there. I'm sure you have time to pay your fines. You, you uh, spent some time there talking about with that uh, with that crazy person who still believed in their god, and I'm starting to think maybe maybe they were right. Well, you know, I, I think with everything that's happening in the world, it's hard to it's hard to tell what's what's right and what's wrong. But I believe that we still can bring the gods back. I think that I think that we must believe that. And uh, Wigbert, I, I would like to politely ask you to to refrain from speaking about fines until we are in contact <laughs> with the queen. You just I'm not. I'm not ignoring you, Wigbert. I just. I just. The audacity of this loading. Oh, don't mind him. Nine. He's just a highfalutin person. I, I agree. Doors is. 
the reticulator doors open on the ninth tier. If you'll recall, the reticulators are located in the city hall or the central pendant of each tier. Um, and so you've made it through, you're out of the 10th tier, you're on the ninth tier, um, and you didn't really notice on the 10th tier because you had this huge throng of people around you. But on the ninth tier, it's much more apparent to you what's actually going on in the gemstone halls, which is that they have been converted into like food banks, basically, and like the rations are being handed out to people. Um, and as you uh, kind of exit the verticulator and you're about to make your way to the, the, the eighth floor verticulator, probably at this point, Bruiser and Fox and everyone have just managed to kind of catch up. Um, you know, they're probably getting in the verticulator on the 10th tier. Um, just as you're thinking about whether to wait for them or just keep going or whatever, you hear a familiar voice uh, over in the, like, the soup kitchen line. Here's your swill, honey. Eat up. It tastes better if you have a smile on. It's not what any of us want, but it's what we got. A small uh, girl uh, sitting there waiting for her food goes, when are we going to have good food again? I'm not sure, baby, but you hang in there. You're doing great. But this stuff tastes like cardboard. You know, I've actually tasted much better cardboard. Looking a little confused, the girl kind of <laughs> toddles away and the next person in line comes up, an older woman comes up and, you know, holds out her tray. Hi, sweetheart. You're looking gorgeous today. Uh, just remember, you know, if you ever come over to my, to my tavern when all this is over, it's going to taste nothing like this. You know, we'll never speak of this again. Here's your swill, baby. Thanks, Clara. And she kind of continue, and the, and the line continues moving. Yeah. Alan's going to approach and, uh, um, you know, not in line for the food, but just approach and, and when once kind of made eye contact, he's going to say it, it is a welcome surprise to see a friendly face here. Hello, you with the beard. You look familiar. Hi, honey. Hi. It it's uh has What was it your name again? Since, oh, I'm I'm Alan. I was just realizing Alan. that it, it has been it has been since uh we uh, appeared in your tavern, is that correct? You were one of my bipedals. Yes, yes. Um you were with the little foxy one. Uh yes, that that is correct. From from what I hear, you two had another uh, we had a bit of an encounter. He's like a stain I can't get out of my apron. Just can't get rid of that fella. How's that he doing? Is he around metaphor. here? Uh, yes, I believe. I mean, um, ding, ninth tier, and Fox himself pokes out of the verticulator, followed by the Alan? rest of those of you who are on the. Airship. I think of him as more of a unipedal now nowadays. Where are you, you know, Alan? so I, I try to disarm him with humor. Alan with his tall body and long arms will raise a hand to get a, to show Oh, there Fox. he is! Easy to pick out of a crowd! Uh, yes, I, Fox is, is oh, right here. Oh, there he is! There he is! Oh. Here you go, honey. She's she's passing she's passing out um, food that, that you know, it, it could be porridge, it could be um, it could be Mystery. bread. It could be anything. It's just, it's just a lump of something. Have you ever um, heard of a seasoning, honey? You know what, baby? I brought as much as I could, but we're all out. We got nothing. We got nothing left. But if you wear it with a smile, you know, if you eat it with a smile, it tastes a little bit better. That's what I'm telling I people. I heard they're getting oregano on their porridge down on that first tier. Well, you know what? If you, if you, if you believe hard enough, I'm kidding. It tastes, it tastes awful. Um, <laughs> There's nothing. There's nothing off. I can do about it. He just stomps off the next. You know, the line keeps moving, basically. You know, I. Oh, I uh... This is never what I really pictured for myself. Things were going pretty good recently. I. Uh, You're doing I... charity work. 
Hello, nice. baby. Hello, it's Hello. the little one. Oh, well. I <laughs> Did you find, you were looking for something. Did you I find what you were looking for? <laughs> <laughs> I can I, I, yes. Uh, legless, uh, stringy. Oh. Okay, look, you're, you're finding all the wrong adjectives. <laughs> That's all that matters. I all love right? you and you know it. Um, you were, oh, you were looking for something. Here you go, baby. No, enjoy. It's going to be okay. Um, you were looking for something recently. Did you find what you were looking for? Uh, yeah. Um, oh my goodness. Not here right now, but we did. Are you, are you lying to me? You would not do this to me, would you? No, no, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm not lying. Not this, <sighs> not ever. All right. <laughs> Um, I, I just want to let you know. So over, over, um, over Clara's shoulder down the line somewhere, um, and headed this way, there is a very small winged badger who is juggling. Um, come here, Miles, come meet the nice folk. You've met some of them. Um, he's just not very, he's just not very good with food. It's too heavy for him, but we're, we're trying to get, you know, it's dinner and a show. We're trying to entertain, especially the little ones, you know, they got to keep their spirits up. This is miles uh, perks up a bit when he sees another wing badger. Uh, To be clear, this is like a, a teeny winged badger, uh, Mm -hmm. almost mechanical in nature. A badger with wings. Almost, almost like a, the size of maybe a homunculus would be. Hmm. Nothing. That's fine. Uh, yeah, um, Brewster. This is uh, this is like your cousin, right? He doesn't talk very much, but you know, I love a I love a silent type. Love a uh, silent uh, type. Uh, wait, uh, is I, that wait? I. What's up, baby? That is extremely familiar. Here I you go, honey. Enjoy your TV you dinner. Him? Do you remember what you named him? <laughs> His name I is Brad Miles. It was Brad. Brad? Brad, like, cocks his little head and looks I, at Alan. I, I did not realize that you still... What happened what? to Brad? I don't remember. It was Brad got so confiscated when you went to Fladena because the dragons thought it looked like slippery trickery. And uh-huh. so it was confiscated, and they said they'd return it to you when you left, but you left smuggled out in a key lime pie. Uh-huh. So you never went to go pick it up. You, you like, fled the city, basically, because Sir Topham Sav was sniffing around. You know, he's he's one of my favorite pieces of my hoard. I just had to bring him with me. But he, uh, he uh, you know, somebody bought their dinner with this guy once. I was like... I must have him. Look how cute he is. I, I believe that technically I did not buy my dinner with Brad. I believe he No, it was, was a dragon. It's a big, beautiful dragon. I Oh, interesting. You mean you've you've met this guy before? Uh yes, I created him. And Alan will attempt to exercise like control over Brad, like say, like you know, like mentally command him to come here, basically. He does. He flits over to you and kind of like okay. hops around your shoulders or whatever. Ah, yes. Uh, that is, I, this was one of the last things I expected, actually. Yes, I, I created Brad. Um, he is pretty homunculus. unexpected. He's, he's a unique little guy. You mean he's ah, not yes, like, Mary. he's not like from a factory? Uh, no, I actually uh, crafted him using my uh, my tools, and Alan will kind of wow. reference his tool belt. 
You're so talented. Pops just like takes over handing out the food while they're talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, baby. A couple of random passerby are like, thank you. Goodness gracious. You know, though, he is a part of, of my horde. Uh, he's, Did you bring you know, your horde? <laughs> that's none of your business. Um, <laughs> somebody, somebody bought their dinner with him. This was payment. I think I, I think I own him now. Well, I don't I don't know how that exactly works because uh, he was confiscated from me uh, in ways that I in a way that I would deem unjustifiable. As in, uh, I was just well, basically, I'm pretty sure it was very fair because you could have gone trickery. back and getting gotten him back. They said as soon as you leave, you could have him, but you never well, got him back. That's a bit tongue in cheek for you to say, as you were the one who smuggled us out. <laughs> you're right you're right it's like you don't owe me a thing uh ha all right and then alan will <laughs> alan will have brad fly back over to clara i i appreciate that point um well she just way. smiles she's like it's all in good fun baby you know uh, we can co-parent there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> I, I know that he's uh, being taken <laughs> care of. The tall, well. seven and a half foot tall barbarian addressing the three foot tall fairy dragon with her blue <laughs> wings sticking out to the side. I love an odd couple. I do. Uh, so what have you been Alan, up to? Does this mean you owe child support? Uh, I do not believe that that is how I this like works. I like the way he thinks. This. Uh, <laughs> however, um, I what I was going to say is it just it is great to see a friendly face, and I'm glad that you were able to escape before the the armies reached um reached your area but i i believe that we it was a tough call a lot of a lot of good dragons stayed behind yes uh, i am i am sure yeah i had hoped uh, to not see good to see you these too. times and not to let them get to this point but do you know what's happening there's been there has been no information from I don't even know if there's like leadership here you know people mm -hmm. told me there was a queen it was something like saline and it seems like saline solution not a thing <laughs> there's no saline solution I don't know what they're gonna do to try and resolve these things we're out of you've probably heard here you go honey we're out of food this is is food by wingle digit which is not mm -hmm. food it's edible that does not make it food um, what I have always said this, uh, wingle digits, ciphers, ciphers are not chefs. You know, people are hungry. We got something to put in their bellies at the moment. And that's fantastic. Uh, the only, the worst thing I can think of in the world is an empty belly. But this is the second worst thing I can think of, you know, is this food is abysmal. I want something up to learn. I got kids to feed. You can't cut in line over here. <laughs> and a little bit of like a fist shoving fight kind of breaks out a little ways back in the Just line. a moment, oh, 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 baby. Hey, hey, break it up. Break it hey. up. The crowd that's outside on the catwalk is starting to push against the, the front doors and kind of wend their way. It's like you're in danger of riot territory here as the crowds are sticking in. Um, Move along. Uh, move along. this staff um, of charisma, Fox will call out among the crowd. Orderly, everyone will get their terrible food in time. <laughs> terrible food a, is right. Your swill can wait, baby. Clara is going to go over to whoever, you know, if there's any specific instigator, she'll go over and like, do we need to, you know, I think, I think I may remember you from yesterday. Do we need to have the same kind of talk we had yesterday? Let's You're, see if you need to have that kind of talk. Fox, how'd you roll? I rolled 
on advantage. <laughs> I rolled a nine. <laughs> wow. Uh, the crowd is just not digging it. Even with the even with the rod of, of charisma and everything, mm. the crowd is just not having it. They're pushing to the door. Oh, we get one oh, meal a day, and it's awful, and it's too small, and we got kids to feed, and we're waiting in line, and we're out here uphill both ways, you know. And it's just like they're kind of pushing in and getting getting a little rowdy. Um, some of the other soup kitchen like volunteers or whatever, you can see them beginning to like take cover behind the the counter where they're serving food. All right, I'm gonna find the loudest one. Okay, the 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 one who's who's rallying them up for what they're complaining. Sure. So you head towards the door. Clara is also interacting with someone who's in line inside. Clara, go ahead and roll intimidation. You were threatening them, I believe. Can you give me a d20? Yeah. I was actually about to use my breath weapon. Oh, that's fine too. Then <laughs> just use your breath weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody doesn't remember what my breath weapon is. Um. Clara leans right into this man's face. She's, she's, um, I'm going to go ahead and assume he is bigger than her. Um, but she flies right up to his face and is like, all right, sweetie, you ready? Why is it that we dragons are so good at music? Because, I don't know. because we got scales. And she breathes right into his face as she tells this joke and he just bursts into raucous laughter and yeah. a few of the people nearby do as well. And this, this ripple of laughing goes through this little area. Um, and the laughter being somewhat contagious, people have that like awkward nervous chuckle around them of like, it, are we supposed to be laughing right now? And, and this calms a little bit of this area of the crowd. Yeah. Meanwhile, Fox addresses the, the mob outside so they're basically in like this crunch at the door and you are now in front of the crunch at the door. Everybody calm down. We have a set amount of food. Everyone will get their terrible food. And you pushing and shoving is just going to get people crowd crushed. And Kale, do you want that on your conscience? Because you are too rowdy for the worst food I've ever seen in my life. That's our slogan. I'm, I'm going to roll again. Okay. This time a little better. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Much better. 21. 21. Uh, the crowd does fall silent um, or at least quieter. And then you kind of begin to pick up on like muttered whispers through there. Um, you can't make out all of what they're saying, but you hear things that are, are something to the tune of, I think, I think that's Fox. Wait, is it is it really Fox? Does he have does he have the thing? Does he have does he have the thing? Then you hear someone else go. I I heard he was just three halflings wearing a trench coat, but he's not even wearing a trench. And like, it, there's just all these rumors swirling about Fox in the crowd that's out there. All right. Anyway, uh, do we hear the whispers too? I'm gonna roll for a hide check. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> disappear. Uh, I'm going to bump into someone and shape shift at the same time. Okay. Through the crowd and then make my way back to the front door uh, dressed as somebody working for the soup kitchen. Stealth check at advantage. Versus the mob's perception of 16. I did not beat that. Okay. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let me double check because I know I have an awesome hide. 
No. Okay. <laughs> no. I got like a 12. Okay. <laughs> so you you bump into someone and shapeshift and change your outfit. And now they're all like, oh, maybe it is a trench coat. Maybe he's just changing the way his trench coat looks. That's a great. And the whispers are still like, nobody is moving. Everybody's just kind of watching you. And then uh, you kind of hear the whispers begin morphing from fox whispers to, to does that mean that four, is he from four guys? Is, does that mean they're here? Like, are they? And, the, you know, and it kind of like ripples out in, in that way. Um, meanwhile, what are uh, Bruiser and Radford up to at the moment? Uh, like this. Uh, Bruiser's probably doing the like uh, cool down on the like like you know last checks on the airship to make sure it's it's nice and parked and oh great ready to uh, be. As as you're checking, everybody roll two d twenty. All of my my core players here uh, roll two d twenty for me. We're gonna add all the numbers you rolled up. I got 23 total. Okay. 17 total. 23 plus 20 17 total. is 40. Plus what was that? 20? 20. Okay. So now we're at 60. I had 17 and 3, so 20 total. 80. All right. 80 is how many minutes of wingle digit power you have to keep the, uh, the ship on the ground. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. cause the ship has to thrust her down because it is naturally buoyant. Um, yeah. and you've burnt most of your oh, wingle see. digits on the trip here. Now, luckily Alan optimized your engines while you were out. So the roll or the, the engines are better than they could be. Um, I have factored that in by giving each of you an extra D 20 to roll. Um, but you still have that long until, uh, your, your airship, is unable to propel itself downwards or in any other direction is, um, um, and that is your, your store of wingle digits on board the ship and that you took with you run out. So bruiser, you would know this. Yeah. Does the, the place we are docked at, does it have like anchor points for rope? Uh, no, cause it's for dragons. Hmm. It's not really built for airships. Um, is there anywhere to just tie off rope? Does I mean, this I thing have could... an anchor? Uh, I don't think it, I don't know. We never really established if it has an anchor. Hey, look, I found an anchor. <laughs> <laughs> roll, roll something to see if there's an anchor on it. Roll. How about Wash rolls a D20 and Trevor rolls a D20. If Wash rolls higher than Trevor, then there's an anchor. Roll bad. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want to hear rolled, first? I got a 19. Uh, okay, I just tell us 10. if they're... Okay, so there's an anchor on the ship. So there's an anchor that'll stop it from like it'll be like a balloon. <laughs> it'll be just floating up there, plugging a hole in the in the ceiling. Um, but we you can do like have an anchor that you can this use. onto something, or I don't know. Is there? You see, so you see anything down there that you can just like hook this uh, onto, like one of those bridges? Bruiser's gonna fly down and just try and find the best. Use investigation to find the best uh, anchor point for it. Okay, roll investigation. And uh, should should they roll d20s to see if we find a rope ladder that can come down and it's the same length as the anchor oh. rope? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I guess they'll need to. First things first. Uh, actually, I, I think a, we probably don't have one that is that long. <laughs> I Go got ahead. a 22. Okay, a 22. Uh, you find something to anchor it to. Uh, it's down here! Okay. I'd like to imagine it's like a giant, like multiple headed fish hook 
It's probably just like, anchored to one of the catwalks. You know what I mean? Like, because they have the big them. arches that that support them. So you could just go ahead anchor and lower around the it. I'll get it into place. Okay. Here you go. Bruiser, roll a strength check at disadvantage to try and maneuver an anchor as a tiny character or a size category small character. Uh, and the check is exorbitantly high. It's probably a, a 25 to move an anchor. I got a um, natural 20. <laughs> <laughs> Bruiser does the thing. You, I don't know how you do it. Maybe it's you not back how up big it is. It's, fly it's how at you ramming move it. speed. Yeah, maybe you just fly into it at ramming speed. But whatever it is, Bruiser <laughs> deftly hooks the anchor uh, right where it needs to go over the arch. Uh, and the ship is... Uh, so it's still right now thrusting down into the landing pad to let all the monks disembark. Um, and the your food supplies are basically being looted um, by the peasants who Owlin gave leave to just go in there and get some food. Um, but <laughs> other than that, uh, everything is fine. And when it runs out of, of Wingle Digits, it'll just float up at the end of your, your anchor chain, basically. Well, okay. uh, my argument for the rope ladder would be that it would make sense for the ship to have a ladder if it had an anchor. And that's how docking it worked, but I don't know. Sure. Okay. What if we just just pull the anchor up while it's hooked on, and we pull the ship down? Will that work? Is it that light? I guess it's lighter than air. Well, no, it has to still carry people. (laughs) The idea of... I mean, whether it's pulling on the anchor... It's not lighter than air. (laughs) If it's pulling on the anchor when it's up, and it's pulling on the anchor when it's down... It doesn't mean it'd be pulling it harder. Watch is saying it's like on a reel, and you're reeling like it, yeah. it that back way. Down. It's like a shorter chain. Oh, there's so a reel. Like, sure. Yeah, so it's just like chick, 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 okay. Chick, so then that's like, how it works. The, Great. Pull the ship down. That's a winch. Cool. Yeah. A winch. Sure. And like Bruiser's Bruiser's not it. What'd you call me? Great. So you winch your airship down. Yeah. Um, so now it's now because it's been winched down to the anchor. Now it is blocking one of the walkways uh, instead of a landing pad. Oops, well, sorry. No, we don't have to winch it yet. We can we can have it float and then winch it when we need to get on. You're not even there. I'm just this is just Jake giving advice. <laughs> oh, OK. Uh, uh, you tell me what's Bruiser going to do? What? What's Bruiser going to do as far as the winching situation? The situation oh. he realizes, like looks down around the area. It's like this i guess we can't winch it radford take it back up we need to clear this walkway but hey i'm walking here move your boat i just (laughs) winched this thing down you want me to winch it back up yes uh okay i got my wife and kids are trying to walk and your boat's in the way (laughs) it's not a boat it's an airship i don't care move it Okay, tick, 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 tick. I don't know okay, why it's well, making a tick noise a in my so let's voice. Let's jump back down to Clara and um, who is it? It's Clara, Alan, and Fox are down there. Yes. Is that everyone who's down there right now? Okay. Yes. Uh, well, um, yeah, to answer your earlier question, Clara, uh, yes, um, we are actually here to meet with the queen, give her an update on, on what we found, and then um, uh, also meet up with... Uh, the remaining avatars, uh, which we have brought a few here, but, um, if you can get through to avatars, you say, if you can get through to her, that's going to be a miracle. You, you realize this whole city has been trying to talk to this woman. I'm not convinced she's real. Uh, she, she is real. We have met with her. Are you sure she's well? 
You know, I, she hasn't shown I'd... a face. She might be, maybe she's sick. <laughs> maybe she's fled the country. You know, if I had this many people yelling at me every day, maybe I would flee the country. Uh, yes, I, um, I doubt that she has fled. Um, although I guess, uh, as you say that, I have no idea whether or not she is well or anything like that. Well, you, but, yeah, um, you might want to sneak Fox. out of here and start looking for her, but you got to be careful, honey. Looking like an angry chef. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, what? We, we we should uh we should we should that speed uniform this along, looks Alan. familiar. <laughs> uh, um, yes, I will. Uh, I will go with uh, this this chef. Oh, uh, thank you, Ida. Uh, inspiration. The, the whispers. Alan. The whispers are still following Alan, you, Alan. You need to be careful. The looks, the looks you're getting are not all good. There's been I. You know me. I'm I am. Uh, I'm all about that gossip and I have been not hearing the best things about four guys. I think you got a bit of a reputation and it's not everything that you want it to be. I would expect. Now, I don't believe everything I hear because I hear I've heard they everything. have a bad reputation too. <laughs> As I look behind me. You look behind you and people are not buying it at all. You know, they're, they're just looking right back at you. Like you might need to set some things straight for the people here, but just be careful. You know, this people will believe anything and these crazies, they may come after you. I'm kidding, honey. Mm. You are wonderful. Here's your swill. Um, so just be cautious as you move about the city. You, you don't, you, you may not have all friends around here. Someone that, that back, like, kind know. of hidden in the mob, you know, with the safety of, of anonymity, yells out, we don't need your alcoholic riffraff, and throws some kind of garbage or whatever at Alan. It kind of, like, what? floats over the top of the crowd. We oh, are yeah. what you did in Tumbleweb. <laughs> That's a big one. They really think that, that you are, like, a raging alcoholic. But I've seen you in a bar, and you did just fine for, you know, for a not dragon. <laughs> I said, that was that was one isolated instance uh, where it was strategically oh, advantageous so for me to be a distraction. Oh, I get the good um, news. But uh, I appreciate the uh, the warning. Sadly, it is not uh, not I, the the reputation is not new yeah. to us. But um, we will keep that. Who served that? I just toss it back at who in the direction <laughs> no uh, alan will try alan will uh just try to stop the head please of fox do not throw things at back. the refugees fox forgetting that he's supposed to not be fox anymore <laughs> uh, and then alan will guide fox out of the uh the the establishment and we'll, we'll try to go further sure. down in the okay uh so you you make your way down the verticulators uh what's up wash i just had a thought and was wondering if Fox was still wearing Jeb's hat and if people were confusing Fox with Jeb right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's up to Fox whether he's still wearing Jeb's hat, but they are not confusing him because they've heard him addressed by name. That's fair. That's fair. 100% still wearing it. <laughs> Is it under or over the chef's hat that you had Fox put on? Under. It, it's It's under. Okay. So you see the so chef's just hat the brim and you see this really Jeb's wide hat? brim. Yeah. <laughs> nice. They're doing it in Udral, I swear. Double hats. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the rage. Uh, okay. Um, so we can... Who wants to go next? We can keep following Alan and Fox down to the lower tiers, or we can jump back up to Bruiser uh, and or Radford and see what they're up to. We can go next. Do you have stuff you want to do? That's the real question. I think... I don't know. I don't know if Radford has anything to do. He would. All right, he, Alan. Like I'm he, gonna go let the others upstairs yeah. know what's going on. 
you know where to go. Uh, yes, I will, I will see you all in the lower tiers. I'm, I'm going up. Okay. Uh, Fox goes up. Alan goes down. Fox, you arrive uh, to see Bruiser standing under the airship, which is alarmingly close to the catwalk, very slowly, like, winching its way up away from the catwalk. And he's got, like, people yelling at him, like, I'm trying to walk here. Hey, let you get you to move it fast. This is far enough. This is far enough. Do we have to go more? You can walk, see? Ah, it's going to bump okay. my head. I'm, 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 I'm stopping. Tall. He <laughs> Duck. I'm done. <laughs> ah, the, the, the four guys, they always begin in the way. This isn't even branded. Get out of here. <laughs> the anchor is branded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fox slapped a sticker on it at some point. <laughs> Just, just because he thought it would be nice. Four guys, anchors, um, and vibes. <laughs> uh, hey, 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 uh, hey Fox, what's, what's going on over here? Oh, just uh, securing the airship because um, we found an anchor, which we didn't consider about landing in places. We just were concerned with getting out of places. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, that... Uh, and that really rude guy he just kept on saying he's walking here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's like 20 other catwalks around. Whew. All right. Well, okay. Listen. That's all done. You might want to go turn those engines off now that we got this thing all hunkered down. Yep. Bruiser will fly up to the room real quick, cut the engines, and then fly back down to Fox. Sure. Hey, boss. It's we uh, should, uh we gonna be here for a little bit. We're gonna resupply on the takeoff. I, you know, honestly, I think it's probably best. Um, evidently, we don't have the best reputation, so uh, what try to keep the fact that you're associated with uh, the company um, on the down low. You know, I could reconnect uh, with some old contacts and uh, reputation. There's a dwarf who's who's kind of walking past who hears you say that. Aren't you four guys ventures and vibes? You're the ones who unearthed a traitor in Udra. What do you mean your reputation is bad? Uh, well, that was uh, you, right? Some that, people that you don't guys. like us. And, you know, I I see that's the stuff we try to do everywhere. And I, I'd say we have a good track record. But there hey, is some a people, uh, the, the enemies see, are, are poisoning the, the people against us. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's just awful what they're saying about you in the mornings. I, I think it's just terrible. And he just keeps like, walking on. Don't worry. No, I don't no, believe please. a word of it, though. What did they say? Come, what did they say? In the mornings? Would, <laughs> I, would I be aware? Uh, no, you would not be aware. Whatever this is, is, is new news. Mm. Um, well, but they, the, this person continues walking on their way. But like, do we right. want to leave Fox? Rad- Radford spent some time here. Would he be aware of like some morning criers or like some morning news thing? No. Okay. As far as hmm. he knows, there is no such thing. Like they don't have there. Like yeah. Tumbleweb has the you know Tumbleweb today. They have mm-hmm. the little auto gnome news, but or the auto ferrets. But that's not something that's everywhere. Sure. Um, and it, as far as you know, it's not in Gaim. Uh, All right. Listen, uh, we should probably. Um, stock up on what we can um looking at the state of things here uh probably shouldn't give away too much food uh because we probably won't be able to pick up any keep your food and says a gnome as they walk by we know your burrito is a store bought what <laughs> now just wait one minute <laughs> <laughs> we know the truth we saw the report and he keeps walking 
What report? <laughs> um, well, what's the timetable like? All right. Um, I, I don't know. It's Bruce are valiantly to trying to get you to commit to any kind of timetable for the past, <laughs> like, 10 minutes. Well, I just need to know, like, when I need to be back here. Okay. Somebody should be here at all times. And if you're nah. not going to be here, you should be readily available. Hey. All right. Uh, Fox, you, you just yes. you were just down below, right? I, I didn't go far down. I just went down a tier. Yes. Like, what's what's the deal with the people? Uh, evidently, we have a, a varied reputation. No, um, I'm not talking about us. I mean, I don't care if people hate us. I'm like, but what's like, what's going on with the city? Uh, it's it's not good uh, from the looks of things. Um Resources are getting scarce. Evidently, they started feeding people using magic uh, powered by Wingle digits. How? Um, I, I'm imagining probably some, like, bastardization of create food or something. Bruiser, we can't leave. Um, we... I, it's... I, I, I get that, but I can't leave my people here. They're all elderly and children. And I'm not going to let them just... take them? Well, we can't take them with us, but I mean, if if there's nothing, this is this was supposed to be where we dropped them off, so they could be safe while we while we look for Kay. Safe and comfortable are two very different things. I, listen, I'm on Bruce's side here in the sense that, like, while this place is under siege, we're the ones who are supposed to lift it. If we don't figure out something in quick to deal with you know the whole i look around at the people like walking around and a lot of them to... who are like looking at you because you're four guys and you apparently <laughs> yeah. have a reputation so it's not like you're anonymous here so you know the whole thing in the if we don't deal with the problem it's not going to be dealt with and nowhere's going to be safe right now this is the one bastion that we can leave people and they will be safe for a period. Nowhere else is a place we can say that, and we can't indefinitely carry people with us forever. No, we can't. We need to fix this problem. We need to shore things up here. Yes. Um, well, if you let me go talk to someone about resupplying, then I can come back and just watch the airship for the rest of the time. Wait. Maybe... I mean... I mean if we had Jeb, Jeb was always good at these kind of puzzles, but I'm, I'm wondering if maybe if we can just do something to alleviate the pressure the outside army is creating. I have an idea. We need to find FP. We could check in with, with the company. If we can figure out something with the magic beans, maybe we can make some sort of like accelerate their growth or something like that. He was tinker on tinkering on some things right. with uh, the burritos. Fox, Fox, having been down to the lower tier, you're not a hundred percent sure, but you're pretty confident that you saw FP somewhere in the like in the volunteer line. You know, feeding people at the at the soup kitchen. I, all right, I, I think I might have seen FP um, a tier down. Right now, there's like a whole like rationing going on down there. He might be volunteering down there. 
Um, if you want to head down there, uh, Bruiser, if you want to get in touch with some of your contacts, um, we're going to need Wingle digits. Um, I thought those were provided by the company. Listen, I don't know what the company's going to have on hand, especially during a siege. Do you right? want me to take a loan out on the company's behalf, or do you want me to acquire Wingle digits? I want you to figure it out, and I don't want to know the details. Okay, how many do you? How much do you need? However much we're going to need to fly this thing indefinitely, as much as you can get without causing due stress upon the people here. All right, <laughs> we're supposed to be saving yeah, affecting these people, their food not supply. making it harder for their. So, that's going to be a difficult task to have fun with that. And Radford like walks away. <laughs> go talk with yeah. Figure it out with yeah. Okay. Okay. And then uh, supplies. I will keep an eye on the ship and make sure things stay secure here. Do you know who I can talk to about supplies, or do you want me to just ask some contact people? I, I would. Have? I would go through yeah first. Okay. Work it out from there. Okay. You'll watch okay. the ship and, uh, Yeah, I'll watch the ship. And Fox starts climbing up the rope. Uh, I'm sure he loves that. Anchor. <laughs> yeah. Climbing off a catwalk. Uh, wait, to... here, give me a second. Uh, yeah. Fox just takes a deep breath and just looks straight up at the ship and just climbs up. <laughs> and uh, and because he's down. a high-level rogue, it's no problem for him. <laughs> yes. Uh, great. So Fox climbs up to the ship to keep an eye on things. Um, Radford and Bruiser are both off to go in and do something, but we're going to start by following Owlin, who hears ding, tier one, as the verticulator doors slide open. And the um, the gemstone hall down here, the city hall, is in much better spirits than the one upstairs. Um, just like all the other ones you've gone through, there's still like the soup kitchen lines. But as you have descended further and further in the city, the conditions in them have gotten better and more polite. The food is the same. It's the same kind of magic-y rations. Um, although the last, you know, the first and second tier you've seen, maybe they're even getting like some salt on there. Um, <laughs> but just the, the people are composing themselves better. They're still kind of, you know, it's like, oh, they're, they're dirty, fancy clothes. Like, you know, we can't really get anywhere to, we can't afford to buy new clothes right now, but we're still dressing up and trying to look our best and like going about life, you know? And so down here, it's a little bit more laid back and, and, and gentle and calm. As you step off the verticulator, you are immediately recognized by one of the gemstone guardians who says, Alden Woodrear? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Ah, uh, good. Uh, you're you're back. Uh, great. Come with me. And he comes over and you know takes you by the arm and escorts you out. And he says, "I I assume you're down here to um, meet with uh, the the queen's guest." Yes. Uh, uh, yes, I'm here to meet with the and hopefully the the queen as well. If if she is in in a state to do so, I know that she must be uh, under immense stress right now. But I think I will speaking I will with send her a would be. I will well. send a courier. Uh, she is personally overseeing the securing of uh, our gates into the Underdark. And as you're walking between the pillars that support the tiers above you, you can see what looked like, you know, from above a little anthill of military operations. You can now see that they have been reinforcing the large, um, you know, basically drawbridge sized doors 
into the Underdark. They've been just reinforcing them with titanium bars across the outside. Mm. Um, and then underneath each, they've kind of installed a little portcullis that's just small enough for them to keep a lookout through, but should stop. You know, so they're basically trying to turn them into non-entrances to Gaim. Um, so that's that's kind of what's happening off in the distance. You don't actually see uh, Queen Salen, but you see a significantly larger portion of her gemstone guardians at one of those doors than the other. You can assume she mm. is there. You know, there's plenty of soldiers at both of them to secure them, but like her little honor guard uh, seems to mostly be concentrated at one. Um, but in the meantime, while you're waiting to to get a meeting with her, while a courier runs over to try and get through the line of people with messages for the queen, you are led into the palace um, down to the you know lower floor of the palace where there's kind of a secret safe room bunker type thing. And in that room, uh, you are, uh, you know, the door is open. You step inside and Laredith looks up from, you know, just sheaves of paper. She's surrounded by notes and papers and reports and things, uh, as well as a bunch of half constructed things that are just kind of laying around her piles of nuts and bolts and wires. She looks up at you, adjusts her spectacles and, ah, it is so good to see you. I'm glad that you're back. Uh, you, you, you are safe then you, you are alive. Is everyone, is everyone back? Uh, (laughs) <laughs> Alan uh, does a little like, uh, did anyone die? Kind of like, um, <laughs> thing. uh, well, yes, everyone, everyone survived, um, as far as we know, uh, but, um, both Gunner and Jeb, uh, are bound to meet us here. They took the cypher truck. Um, oh, so they are coming here. across land? Uh, yes, they are. They, they must be warned. The city is besieged. It is not safe over land. I will send a courier. Uh, and she she goes to the door, and you see that there's a little uh, pull, pull rope thing that's been installed. She pulls it and slides a couple wingle digits into a slot, and immediately someone knocks on the door. She lets them in, and it's a courier. And she says, tell Clan Lupus that uh, there are two... Uh, members of Four Guys Ventures and Vibes who are traveling in a cipher truck of this description who need to be escorted safely into the city of Gain. And the courier nods and you know, runs off into the distance to go and, and tell them about that. Is the um, king of Clan Lupus, is he here? Oh, yes. Uh, although he spent a long time, he, he was one of the last uh, of the quote-unquote refugees from Udril to come here because he mm. refused to leave until the other clans had all been evacuated, or at least given the chance. Uh, several of them stayed back and are continuing to fight alongside several of the draconic residents of Fladena who were unwilling to leave their hordes behind to be plundered by uh, the encroaching armies. And so there is a bit of a, a conflict happening up there that is more in the style of guerrilla warfare than a, a siege as we are undergoing here. Um, but there are no, you know, cities or towns up there. They are, they are individuals. I see. Well, that is good to hear as we will, um, likely request for him to accompany us or at least, I mean, yes. Ah, uh, yes, would... you need him, uh, uh, because of his ability to accessorize. Uh, yes. She um, straightens and... her glasses and gives you kind of a knowing smirk. Yes. And as I'm sure you can assume by the fact that we are back and that, um, we did, I, I guess also, we did return with the two avatars we set out to find. Um, Thrax and Howe, however. Um, Thrax yes. and Howe, we, we cannot be sure what happened to him because we had to escape. But um, the last we saw of him, he was battling the armies, um, including 
oh dear. shadowy chaos energy dragons. And um, also, we believe that they brought at least one Aboleth with them for the assault in a giant metallic um, encasement. And um, ah, it would have been large enough to keep it in its own little ocean. Yes, it, it would have been um, miraculous for him to have defeated that entire army. Um, I believe that I'm not sure which is worse. He could have been enslaved or he could have been killed. Um, Indeed. But but as of right now, aside from Kay, and obviously once um, Jeb and Gunner return by land, which they are carrying... Uh, Thraxen has frozen tear. Um, so once they return, what do we need we, with a frozen tear? Well, it uh, is one of the components. Um, the components. So you were successful. You rescued Dew as well. Is she also on the airship? I I could have sworn I thought we had spoken since then. I guess perhaps we have not. Um, no, Dew. Did not survive the the magic draining process. Oh no! Um, we were not fast enough to save her. Um, however, she had the foresight to hide and bury the instructions and most of the components, all but one, um, for the cataclysmic ritual. Um, I see. We were able to find that. Her her spirit actually guided us to it. And um, the component that we needed to get ourselves was the frozen dragon's tear, which we did. Um, Jeb was able to uh, get from, from Thraxenau. So um, what our current plan or objective is, is to wait here until the rest of our companions make it and then um, resupply what we can while that happens. I know that uh, the entire city is short on rations and on Not many resources. supplies to be had here. I know, that is... I didn't even think to fear that until we landed. Um, but resupply what we can, what we can afford to. Um, bring you on board, bring the King of Udril on board and um, basically everything we have everything that we need for the cataclysmic ritual on this one airship which is risky but I believe necessary is the airship big enough for that is it big enough to relocate the rest of your staff yes I believe so I mean we I'm not sure what your um, exposure to the wider world of Gaim has been, but um, as refugees from the rest of Urida have come piling in, the various rumors of your doings have all coalesced in one place. And so you are both well-known and greatly varying in the respect uh, that you receive here at this time. There are... All man- there are dwarves from Udril who swear by Four Guys Ventures and Vibes, and there are dirt folk from Red Hill who believe you are all crooks, 
uh, and mm. feel validated when they hear of your crime spree in Tumbleweb. Um, there are all manner of rumors, and it may be it may be good to consider relocating your headquarters to the airship and and just leaving the city altogether. I believe Salen's intent is to use you as as auxiliaries or as mercenaries in the same way that any other guild would be used, hmm. um, contributing to defenses and and other projects under the leadership of of maybe one of her generals um, or perhaps under the leadership of one of the gemstone guardians. Um, but mostly being used uh, for the tasks that are considered either beneath or um, too dangerous to trust to other members of of her army. Uh, in in other in other words, as fodder. Um, so, does is that in contention or contrast to our plan to go about the cataclysmic ritual? I am not certain that Salen has any intentions of allowing you to complete the cataclysmic ritual when her city is, is so besieged. I think she is fully focused on protecting the people here and is not perhaps open to reason in considering that, uh, the way to end this conflict would be to leave it. Hmm. I have um... attempted to inform her and, and to, to sway her mind, but she is a very forceful leader, which in times that are not directly opposed to me, I have respected greatly. Hmm. Um, well, uh, I did unknowingly or un without the knowledge of what you just shared, I did, um, ask a gemstone guardian to get in contact with the queen, uh, for me so that I can have an audience with her. Um, however, there is a part of me that now thinks that it may be best, uh, if you believe it may be prudent, uh, I've been hearing that word a lot, sorry, um, to You've been spending time with some monks. Uh, yes. Um, there's a part of me that thinks it may be best to not meet with the queen and, uh, ask for forgiveness later after we stop the apocalypse instead of permission. Does it that- is hard to say. I do not know which uh, matters of, of social importance are not my strong suit. Mine Mm. neither, which is, uh, why I feel conflicted in this. Um, but perhaps Fox would be a good person to ask. Perhaps I believe, uh, I will, that is a good idea. He, he will, well, I think he was going to, Island doesn't know that Fox is just staying with the ship. Uh, yes, he he is going to meet me down here (laughs) at some point. Um, well, uh, either way to, uh, I guess continue summarizing the plan just so that we are on the same page. The intent then would be to bring the rest of four guys onto the ship, set up a new headquarters on the ship, uh, along with everything and everyone we need for the cataclysmic ritual. And, um, begin investigating leads on K so that once we find K, we can immediately, immediately transition into the cataclysmic ritual. And while we are on the quest of finding K, you would have time on the airship to construct the device necessary to bind the rods. Ah, yes. The device necessary to bind the rods. Right. And you detect a little bit of uneasiness in her voice as she's talking about, about this device. Is, um, are you still familiar with the device? Do you still have the knowledge of constructing it? I am familiar with the device. Um, and I, I believe I have the knowledge to construct it. However, I have had trouble, uh, creating it 
in a way that is mobile. And she Mm. gestures down towards the floor and you look at the floor and realize that the floor is like six inches higher up than it was last time you were here because you're standing on a prototype of this device that is like this whole room sized and it's got weird edges and wires sticking out of it and it looks very fragile and held together by electrical tape kind of a deal. Um, Mm. She says, I am not sure about condensing it without further uh, artifice work, which... you know, perhaps you can assist me with. Um, but I, I don't think that this one can travel and obviously we can't do it here because wherever the spell needs to happen, it's not going to be at the base of a place of power. That's not how rituals like this work. It would be far too convenient. So, um, where, where we need to go, I fear we may have to construct a version of this machine on site. Um, and the best we can do is probably to bring, as many tools and materials as Randy has access to with us. That is a, that is a good idea. Um, one suggestion I may have, uh, as a shoulder angel of Jeb whispers into, uh, Alan's ear is, uh, perhaps this machine, is there a way that, um, what you've constructed so far, it can be simply broken down into pieces and reconstructed later. Uh, Just so that you don't have to scrap all of the work so far? It it could be worth a try. It may not travel very well. As she, like, you know, leans to one side and something goes, and steam shoots out one side of it. She goes, ah, one moment. She sits down and screws a valve back on top of it. I I just think in the time before we need to leave, if there's any way to salvage any pieces of this to make the construction faster when it comes time, I think that that may be important or maybe helpful unless you believe that the it's not worth the effort i will trust your judgment on it i'm i'm open to it let's give it a try and the way mechanically we'll handle that is we'll have some artificer tools checks rolled to see how much of the machine you can salvage okay we'll we'll just handle that whenever you leave um that can even be offline between sessions cool um as this conversation is happening, we cut upstairs to Bruiser, who has walked off with the mission of find the stuff we need, whatever it takes. <laughs> his uh, specialty. Yeah, he's got he's to he get, get to his context. Find the seedy underworld of a place full of refugees. On the bright side, if he knows somebody everywhere, then right now he knows a lot of people. Because yeah. there's <laughs> refugees from all over who um, are here. First, he's going straight to yeah. Okay, so he goes to, yeah, the Micah did. Um, and the headquarters, if you'll recall, was moved into like the residential walls yeah. of the Cavern of Gaim. So you kind of walk along the catwalks. You're small enough that you don't have to like weave around people, but it's still pretty cramped as far as like just people who have set up tents wherever they can or bed rolls on the ground. Um, the, the, you know, garbage and whatever, the smell kind of fills your nostrils. You make it to the edge of the city um, and the, uh, you know, the sounds of Gaim in terms of the babies crying and the hushed footsteps and whispers and things, those kind of are dulled as you step into one of the staircases that's behind the wall of rock. Okay. And so you're basically walking up into the gigantic apartment building that is the walls of this cavern, um, until you come to the right address and you knock a certain code on the door, whatever the code happens to be. And the door is opened for you, um, and standing there in front of you is Joffrey, who you've not met before. Um, so you you and Joffrey look at each other very briefly, and Joffrey says, What is your business here? Uh, I was sent by Fox to talk to you. 
Did he give you any for any sort of code phrase or means of identifying yourself? Uh, I thought the secret knock was it. Fair enough. And he steps back and, and lets you in, uh, and you walk past him. It is a a small for um, for an office, but large for an apartment building. So um, it's it's pretty expansive. It's open concept. So instead of having offices like they did on Malarkey Circle, now it's it's more like this corner of the the thing is where Randy works. You know, and we so got like cubicles the, now. Yeah, exactly. The, you know, the, the lines of their offices is just where the junk from each of their job ends. You know, the pile of papers that surround Marcy and her, her sales, you know, her PR reports yeah. and stuff kind of overlap briefly with the pile of nuts and bolts and, and the detritus of building that is Randy's R&D uh, and, and all this sort of thing. And standing at the window with his teeny little arms clasped behind his back, staring out over the city of Gaim with his, his favorite chew bolt sticking out of his little mushroom mouth is yeah the mic and it uh just looking down uh upon the the city and and all that's happening there he turns around and a little spore floats up towards you and he says hello bruiser hey yeah how's it how's it going here it doesn't look great it would be a falsehood to say that things are well but we are okay i believe our tenure in this city may be coming to a close. That is unfortunate. It does look like you have a fairly large airship, which yeah. should be convenient. We uh, definitely have an airship now, which is pretty cool. Um, speaking of that, I need to know what we have left in our coffers. Ah, our coffers. And another spore floats down the hallway, um, and you see Joffrey begin making his way towards you. He says, yeah, so I have the ledger books here. And he pulls out his, his ledgers and kind of flips open, and he's looking through the, the sheets. He says, yeah, so I see here when Owlin and Fox left, they withdrew this much from the company coffers for their various voyages. And then we have had various operating expenses, the additional levies, uh, you know, the, the taxes levied upon us by the defense here in Gaim, and that leaves you with 44 Wingle Digits. 44? 44 Wingle Digits. Uh, out of game, Josh, how much yes? does it cost to power the airship again? A lot more than 44 Wingle Digits. Yeah, uh, I, I believe that. somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,000 Wingle Digits a day, something like that, or a couple Josh, hundred. Josh, you lied to us a couple sessions ago. Well, I guess you didn't technically lie. What did I say? That was well, you lie. said something along the lines of, well, then once you get to Gaim, you'll be able to use your coffers to fly the rest of the way. I, but That was the plan. All right. All right. All right. Or maybe you're asking the right questions. I don't know. Um... Do we have any assets we could potentially liquidate? Hmm. Assets we could liquidate, yes, yes. And he begins flipping through and he says, uh, taken for the defense, used, burnt, consumable, 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 used for the defense. Um, we could we could sell Randy's desk. And you hear a, a <laughs> voice from the side of the room go, no, you cannot. Because <laughs> uh, mm. um, the airship costs in the ballpark of a thousand wingle digits a day hmm. to to steer and down, uh, go down, I guess, because it floats naturally. So, 
Interesting. Interesting. Yes, that is a lot of wingle digits that it would cost to operate. And we wouldn't necessarily need a thousand a day once we get it going in the right direction, but hmm. to control going downward or, you know, steering would be left up to the winds if this if does seem to pose a challenge. I'm yes. not sure that we have the funds to do this operation. Yes. Well, I can always drum up some business. What do you mean by that? The less you know, the better. All that kind of business. And he shuffles off back towards his corner of the room. <laughs> like, there's no office door for him to close, but he just <laughs> shuffles back over to his corner of the room, puts his little ledger book away, and, and kind of sits down, and, and that's what he's... Now he's just <laughs> over there looking sad. You know, oh, I've realized we're out of money. How depressing. Uh, um, and that's, that's what he's doing. Um, yeah, looks at you and says, we appear to be in dire financial straits also. I have, like... Yeah, I have a quite a bit that I could definitely donate to the cause, but uh, it's not en nearly enough. How would you get to it in a city under siege? Surely the queen has taken charge of all the, the tangible assets in the city, which would include wingle digits towards the defense yeah. or towards feeding and rationing food. I have to go talk to some old contacts to see what resources are available. Hmm. Fox has tasked me with drumming up wingle digits without hurting the the people of the the city and i see i don't think those goals go hand in hand or align very well together mm. this does seem to pose a challenge for you i hope that you are up to the task do you feel confident you can complete this challenge do i feel confident no will i try confidently yes i see Good luck. Will we then, be able to relocate out on the airship? Uh, yes. Fox is currently manning the airship. If you want to head there and start loading stuff onto it, we will begin says. making arrangements to transport our things to the airship. Yeah, I think he wants to leave as soon as possible, but there's no definitive timeline. So just the sooner everything is ready, the better. That makes sense. And then... Bruiser will uh, begin his his uh, reconnection with his old contacts from sure. around. Uh, roll an investigation check at advantage. We're just going to see how high quality of a contact you can get to and how far back you go. Uh, 22. 22. All right. So you find someone who you've known for ages. It's actually someone from Aspesh, um, which is a, a nation with a great underworld. The primarily humanoid nation of Aspesh um, has just a very active crime world in there because there's a lot of corruption in their leadership. <laughs> and so, you know, a number of people from there. Um, but as you're kind of wandering the city, the challenge is not, do you know people? The challenge is where are the people in a city this packed? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and luckily you remember, uh, this guy, um, because he's, uh, he's got a couple habits, right? And so you can like, oh, well, I know that he's going to be near somewhere where he can get liquor. There's no liquor right now. The city's, the city's emptied out. I know he loves to gamble. I'm going to look for some of the gambling tables or, you know, maybe a three card Monty kind of stand or something like that. 
Yeah. And so you reconnect with uh, this contact of yours. Uh, his name is Clark Jackson, but he goes by the name One Shot uh, <laughs> when when you interact with him in front of you know his lessers, as it were. Um, and you can tell it's him because when you get to, you find the three card Monty, right? The little stand where he's kind of hustling people. Um, and you're watching for a little bit to make sure it's him. And you know, for sure, when you see him turn over a card and he's got a tattoo on the inside of each wrist, uh, of snake eyes dice. Um, and so, so, you know, it's him. He's not noticed you. He's busy, you know, Hey, step right up, step right up. Follow the lady, follow the lady, make a hundred wingle digits right now. And he's just doing his thing. Um, can Bruiser walk up and pretend like he's, uh, playing, but talk. Oh yeah. Like hustle him back basically. Yeah. Roll slate a hand at advantage. Cause you know, this is his game. And I know the trick. Uh, 24, 24, uh, with a 24, you successfully follow the lady, um, by basically bringing your own card to the table, right? Cause the hustle is that he's taking the lady off the table. You bring yeah. your own queen to the table. And so when you pick a card, you slate of hand, swap your card in for it. And you're like, look, I found her. And he goes, that's amazing that you, and he looks up and sees you and he stops for a second and he goes, game's over everybody. I got to catch <laughs> up with an old friend. Uh, and he says, how you been? bruiser oh. and he <laughs> reaches out and kind of shakes a paw you know yeah it's How been uh, it's been quite the adventure um i have uh, a lot of stories and not enough time to tell them mm. who are you running with now you got a new crew uh not my crew i joined a crew oh you're hired help yeah and what brings hired help to my doorstep well and he looks around at the at the catwalk that he's playing three card Monty on my cardboard box where I play three card Monty. <laughs> um, is this street packed or are we talking more in private? Uh, no, it's more in private. It's just really dirty. So it's like okay. people are, you know, there, there's not too many people here except like CD looking people. And a number of them you notice are people who have the same tattoos, the okay. snake eyes tattoos who are who are there kind of maybe acting as lookouts. Are, are, are they all cool? Yeah, they're, these guys are fine. Okay. Um, I need a lot of money as quickly as possible. And that does the least amount of harm to the, the people. The oh, we're trying to be a here. good guy now, are we? Hmm. It's expensive to be a good guy. It is. Interesting, interesting. So we're probably talking about a loan here, right? Because to do this without harming the good folk of Gaim, I'm going to have to dip into my personal coffers mm. to uh, to get you some resources here. And of course, I can't keep those in a bank. So there's no. a you know there's a, a manner of stealth to be talked about in terms of transporting the funds and the goods here. Of course. Um, yes, fascinating. Uh, where where will the funds be taken to? How will we need to transport them? Um, you saw the airship come in, right? Oh, yes. Oh, you came with that airship? Yes. I piloted oh. that airship. Interesting. You piloted that airship. You're, you're the driver. Yes. Ah, uh, that makes sense for you. You've always had a knack for piloting craft. It's, Didn't it's it, like did a cipher Did my track, eyes, did my eyes mistake me, or did I see a, a logo on that anchor that <laughs> said Four Guys Ventures and Vibes? Uh, you did. Interesting. Well, I think we can come to a business arrangement. I think I can offer you this loan at a 0% interest rate. In fact, you don't need to pay me back in money at all. 
there's someone with a great debt to me who runs with that crew. And I would be willing to trade you all of the, the Wingle digits that you need in exchange for that, uh, that single individual. Uh, what do you what, say? What individual is that? Uh, it would be one Jebediah Peppermint. Oh, man. Um, yeah, he had a bit of a spree back in the day, a bit of a gambling run, and he never really did pay his debts. How much does he owe? Oh, he owes a lot of money. He did not come in with us. I don't know when we're expecting him. But you are expecting him. Yes. How much would the loan be for? I would be willing to loan you. I'd be willing to loan you an even 100,000 wingle digits. Obviously, Bad. we wouldn't share with the city what we have uh, going on here. Um, but yes, there is just around 100,000 wingle digits spirited away in little oh. hidey holes about the city, uh, if you will. I, I understand that he owes you a debt, but it is vital to the continuation of survival of everyone on this planet, essentially. Well, here's the thing, is he's not one of the good citizens of Gaim. So we can get you this money in a way that harms the good citizens of Gaim, but you told me we wanted to avoid that. We do. Okay, well, that means that we're going to need to get this money in a way that doesn't harm the citizens of Gaim. I think I found a reasonable price. I mean, if you look at the pure mathematics of the thing and he sweeps his hand out towards the city, you know, and that's you're you're back out on one of the catwalks so you can hear the crying babies and the, you know, the tense footsteps and the whispers. You can see a guard somewhere yelling, you there, don't stop thief. And, you know, that kind of thing going on. And, and he says, I think I think when you compare to all these lives, surely you don't need him, you know, in one piece. How many pieces do you plan on leaving him in? A hundred thousand. It's an even <laughs> payment for the debt. Oh. Um, is this an open offer? Do I have time to discuss? With offer expires colleague? when you walk off this catwalk. Mm. And we'll be collecting the debt half either way. drive a very very hard bargain i like to think of myself as a competent business person you came with a pretty significant request i am aware that i did um is there a middle ground between your offer and harming the people of Gaim? Like, Where we just harm some of the people of Gaim? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I could... In exchange for just his hand, I could procure the uh, blueprints for a certain royal vault, and you could take your chances procuring that many wingle digits on your own with the assistance of I assure you very high quality blueprints um what about a 
A hand for 50,000. A hand for 50,000 wingle digits. Yes. I'll take that deal. But we can't shake on it until I'm shaking the right hand. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Sounds sounds like a deal. All right. Well, then let's just establish a little collateral, shall we? And you, you see that three of the guys have stepped up behind you. Three of his escorts have stepped up behind you. Um, and they they kind of like loot through your stuff. Um, you know, kind of pull your bag off your, your back or whatever, and they're going through your stuff. What is something that would be pretty valuable that's in Bruiser's inventory that they can take? Um, maybe even something that's not like real significance. It's just sentimental to him. He wears a gold chain. That's true. Um, I mean, I'm looking through his inventory right now. Uh, I mean, the amount of money he has is not insignificant. Um, Okay, so maybe they just take all his money and they're like, hey, we'll give this back with your loan when you deliver the goods. They can also take his thieves tools or playing card set. And I'll keep the cards, you know, for the three card Monty. I can't have you hustling me like that in front of the random people, the good citizens of Gaim you're working so hard to protect. Uh, And he he takes the cards and he takes all of your wingle digits um, that you're carrying on your person. That's Um, 255 for reference. Okay. So he takes that as collateral. Um, Keep the note somewhere for yourself for when you get it back. Um, But that's what he takes as collateral for you to deliver Jeb's hand. Uh, And he sits back down and... As you're walking away, you can hear him calling out again to the people of Gaim, you know, step right up, step right up, follow the lady, make 255 wingle digits. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of the, what you hear as you walk away. Um, we cut to Radford. Radford, you walked away to try and figure something out, I believe, for the monks. Is that right? Yes. Uh, trying to figure out a food thing. And so that's he right. Was... And you were looking for FP on the ninth yeah. tier. So you hear ding, ninth tier, and the verticulator doors open and looking across the room, uh, you don't see um, FP62 immediately, but you do see a blue fairy dragon who is tending to the line who seems like she's in charge. Everybody else is asking her, you know, what to do or where to go. She seems to be delegating. So you're pretty sure if someone was going to know where other caterers were or whatever, it would be, it would be this dragon. I can't remember if you've met Clara. I don't think he has. Okay. Nope. Great. <clears throat> well, hello there, ma'am. Oh, hello. It's nice to see somebody with manners. Are you here for your swill? You're going to have to get to the back of the line, baby. Oh, I make my own swill. Thank you very much. A swill maker. Well, I bet your swill is swell. I've got a pretty swell swill, if, you, if I don't mind saying so myself. You got some to share, honey? I need to take the edge off. Um... How about we make a trade for some information? I love you. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. You know, my tavern back back in Fladena. This is just my part time gig. You know, Mm. this is my part time gig at the moment. I'm on vacation. A business owner Uh, and an altruist. (laughs) Right. Here you go, baby. Here you go. Here's your swill. Um, Enjoy your TV dinner. Um. Well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a tavern is, owner. 
This is gray and lumpy. What is, what is this? Oh my gosh. So my 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 slogan is ciphers are not chefs. Ciphers are they not are chefs. Not indeed. No, we ran out of food weeks ago. There is no food. I mean, there's a rumor that the rich people have food, but you know that everybody's going to say that. So I don't even know if that's mm-hmm. true. But I hear all the rumors. You got, you need words? I'm your girl. Here you go, baby. She's shuffling people through the line ahead of you. There was a bit of a holdup earlier. You know, tempers are high when everybody's hungry. And unfortunately, this fills bellies, but it sure doesn't lift any spirits, right? So we got to try to keep spirits high. So smile to the people. Hello, baby. You're looking great today. Those are your best rags. You look like a queen. Um, what, are you, any, what are you here for? What do you need? Is there any end of the line in sight? Like, like is, it, is this mid-meal rush or coming towards the end of it? No, there is no end in sight. It seems like people are uh, getting one meal per day, and the line is just infinite length. Gotcha. Okay. Every now and then, some of the soup kitchen staff who are closer to the door turn away people who are trying to get a second meal that day or whatever. You start gotcha. to recognize the faces, but yep. Um, um, you'll see Radford as as like younger board. folks come through the line, um, Clara will like make a joke or she'll she'll breathe on if there's little kids who are crying or anything. She'll like make a little joke and and. Um, and breathe a little bit of euphoria and and try to lift some moods. But sometimes she, somebody will walk up to her and they, you know, the face is a mirror of her own. And she's like, do you wish you were dead? I wish I was dead. This is the worst day of my life. It's all right. Tomorrow's going to get better, baby. Move along. I'd throw myself off of the tower, except I got these wings. It wouldn't work out. She's turned <laughs> back to Radford now. <clears throat> um, Radford takes the gourd off of his back and pours a little, like grabs two tumblers with his claws and pours a little into each of them and says, if you have somebody who could take your spot for a minute, I'd love to sit and chat. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, FP, can you come over here, baby? She'll call FP, who is across the room, um, mopping up something that has been spilled. Yeah, that's you, Wash. Oh, uh, certainly, Clara. I will mop the floor some other time when people stop barfing up this <laughs> apparently very delicious material. <laughs> Don't worry, baby. It looks the same coming out. They can't even tell. We'll put, slap it right back on a plate. No. That is, <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm kidding. Can you not see how funny no, I am? It's kind of my thing. Let's sit down. Oh, my goodness. Radford's going to pull a couple chairs to like like the the single table with the two chairs pushed against the side of a place. You know, it's not one of the booths yeah. or a fancy or something or whatever. whatever. This you is, know, this, this is, is the is first the... time my wings have stopped beating for like hours. Hours. This is nice. How long have you been here doing this? It's been days. It's it's. This is this is pretty much what every day looks like lately. I'm not sure how I'm not sure how long it's been, but it depends on, you know, a lot of my folks stuck around in Flodena. It's you ever tried to pull I'm I'm sure you understand on some level. You ever tried to pull a dragon away from its horde? It's not a pretty thing. Mm-hmm. So uh so some of us came sooner rather than later. Um but there, and there was food for a while, you know, and I brought food, of course, and I brought spices and it's, it's all run out. And I'm just, you know, I, 
I was telling folks earlier, it's the worst thing I can imagine is empty bellies. But second worst is I, I cannot stand giving people this to eat. It's edible, but that does not make it food. But, you know, this is what we're doing. This is all we got. So we got to slap a smile on and we got to do what's got to be done, you know? Well, maybe this will slap a smile on you. And he pushes that tumbler across the table Please. towards her. Please, man! The last time somebody poured me a drink, I don't even remember. It's like a, it's like a really strong whiskey. Do you want me to roll anything, Josh? No, that's okay. You can handle okay. your drinks. Yay! It's not like real so- life. <laughs> I um, have a, I have a bit of a predicament, and I feel like I'm talking to the right person. Uh, I'm happy to be talking to you. Are you familiar with the rumors that have been going around about the four guys? I I don't know if I got the words out earlier when we you know when you first walked in, but my my tavern back in Fladena, I miss it. Um, it's called the Rumor Mill. Rumors oh, is kind nice. of my thing, baby. Rumors is what I do. I don't know which ones are true. I like the ones that are funny. I'm currently employing them. Um, there are they're on a. They've decided to join me on a fantastical quest to save the world, and um, we just got into town with the... The four uh, guys? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. They're, they've been very reliable, hmm. and uh, and I highly recommend them. They do good work. Uh, what kind of work? Mostly the destroying evil things and uh, hmm. preserving good things. Mm-hmm. But I'm in a bit of a pickle. I've got... We, we were we narrowly escaped my home and we lost a lot of people but we were able to save the younglings and, and the infirmed and we need a place to, to keep them and uh, our hope was here but it looks like you guys have full, a bit of huh? a food crisis mm-hmm. yeah I I try not to think about, I, you know, sometimes in life, you got to go one day at a time. You got to fly one day at a time. And I, you know, we have enough for today. And I don't know about tomorrow. I don't think about tomorrow. But we have enough for today. We had enough for yesterday. We had enough for the day before. And nobody's, nobody has gone hungry yet. Um, I, don't, I don't know how much more we can handle. But, you know, maybe we can do one more day. Um, we just got to keep, we got to keep flying forward. But how many, how many people are you bringing here, baby? A lot, a lot, uh, a couple hundred. It's, it's, it is okay. a couple hundred, like 40 right? people. No, 40? you need it out with like 40 people. Your, your oh. airship only yeah. sleeps 25. He think, he thinks back, back to the couple hundred that were there. And then he's like, yeah, about, about 40, but they're mostly small mouths, but. I was actually going to ask you where my buddy FP was, and I didn't realize he, he was just, like, right there. He's the shiny one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the hat rack. Him and I used handy. to uh, Him and I used to sling burritos around here back in the day. You know, he tried to get me into the burrito business. Mm-hmm. Do you guys was have any... Was he persuasive? Any? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's not... You know, he... He seemed passionate. Uh, I will give him that. He cared. He cared a lot about his burrito. He's like in hearing distance. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a very adole- adolescent charm to him, doesn't he? 
you know, uh, he really just... The first day, he made me so upset I could have mopped the floor with him. But... Mm. Um... But I'm I'm warming up to him every day. He very much he he he, does he will his stand best. in that line and he will hand out food all day and he will never complain. Mm-hmm. And that there's a lot of complainers here. And sometimes you know I I complain too. But we're making jokes. We're trying to keep it light. But he's he's got a you know he's got a golden heart. That one. Um, yeah, you were saying, honey. Well, he, we used the whole mm-hmm. operation. We used to grow those beans and they were magical and. Um, you don't you know, say. Pretty flavorful, and I was just curious if there was any sort of future. Like, did he ever talk to you about if he'd stashed any of them anywhere? Or? He's he's very task oriented. This one, you give him something to do, and that is his full focus. He's not. You know, we've done, not done a lot of the chit chat. Um, hey, FP. I'm very interested. DM, can I ask FP if they're like what the situation on the magic bean burritos is? Uh, you can. The magic bean burritos have been um, like they the beans were being grown in one of the caves that is like in the mountain somewhere, right. like not in Gaim, but like you leave and go somewhere and there's a little cave. Um, and he's been like unable to go and tend them with all the work that needs to be done in the city. So mm. there's probably like four or five of them, but it's not like they're being tended or harvested or whatever. There's just whatever was left after the last harvest is probably still there, but you are going to need to role play him <laughs> explaining all of that to, um, to, to Radford, the, the little no conversation worries. there. I want to see them interact. Oh, great. Uh, hello, Radford. I do not have time to play chess. Um, I am very busy putting slop into bowls, as Clara says. Oh, hey, uh, well, uh, no, no, I was wondering about the, uh, about the beans. I noticed that you're serving this stuff instead of growing the beans. Uh, yes, they are in the caves, as we normally go and harvest them, but they are in a dangerous area being as they are close to the surface the defensive positions have told us to pull back and i figured my abilities would be used better elsewhere that is the situation well do you think they've like overgrown or anything since you haven't been doing anything with them maybe we could just like get them grow them down here you got that one really big strong guy. He could probably go get him all by himself. The 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 blonde one, Owlin. The pasta Owlin. Yeah. Owlin. You call him the bean boss. Yeah, he could go do it. <laughs> Owlin Shoulder Angel shows up. You've never called me bean boss. You hush, it sounds good. <laughs> it's good marketing. Um, hmm. DM. Um, since I'm continually asking FP for information and then giving it to myself, that's enough. We can, we can now just resolve the conversation. I'll just give you the info. Yeah. So, um, with FP's knowledge of the bean operation and tending them and the amount of time and like factoring all of that stuff in, um, and factoring in Radford's idea of there are probably druids and clerics and people who are magical in nature who might be able to accelerate the growth of some magical plants. Um, should there be magic in the area, uh, 
what are the what are the odds that this could become a reliable food supply um, to the people? Uh, they do not self-propagate, so it probably has not multiplied in its in in your absence. Um, there's probably just whatever was left over after the last harvest. So, you know, maybe a D six worth of beans that weren't quite ripe yet or something like that. Um, mm. cause everything else would have been harvested at that time. Um, so those ones have probably ripened. They're probably not overgrown or ruined, uh, in a cave. It's not like there's a lot of weeds that can live there. Um, but at the same time, there's probably no extras. It is not likely that you could turn like you probably couldn't multiply them at the scale you need in the time you have mm. for them to be worth it for the city of Gaim. However, there's probably just enough that if you had a very capable chef, someone who knew a lot about cooking and turning a little into a lot, you could grow them into enough to feed, say, up to 25 people on an airship. Mm. If only knew someone like that. For how long, though? Well, indefinitely, if you were able to keep harvesting them. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. So if FP yeah. is there to tend them and Clara is there to cook them, then that could solve your, your food process, your food problems for a while. Yeah. Because um, the other stuff, like carbs are cheap, you know, so like flour and, and whatever to make the tortillas and that, you know, that kind of stuff would be easy. I mean, that makes sense. But in Radford's mind, he's kind of just sad because it's like... That would fix that problem, but it wouldn't fix the problem for his people. True. And the alternative would be to leave FP here and conscript Clara to just provide food for just his people. And like that's that's logistically not gonna work out. Right. Um, that would I mean like even crime wise, that would just get overthrown really quickly because of the demand for sustenance and uh, like everybody at least on this tier knows clara because she runs the soup kitchen yeah yeah while radford's looking for another solution for that problem we're gonna cut to um jeb and gunner and bruiser um jeb (laughs) and gunner you are being led into the city of gaim through a sort of like a hidden way it brings you out in one of the middle tiers maybe the fifth tier or the sixth tier um and as you enter the catwalk, you see a uh, bruiser with, he looks like he's got a lot on his mind. He's kind of wandering like he's supposed to be looking for someone or something, or maybe looking for a contact or whatever, but he's just like wandering at this point. Um, and so you kind of notice him, you know, a little bit away from you kind of with some crowd between. Um, but you, you two notice him before he sees you. The King uh, has led you in there and he says, um, obviously things in Gaim are not, ideal do you feel confident at this point that you can find your companions on your own uh yeah um i get the feeling from what i heard earlier that they might want to talk to you too from what i from what it sounds like about you my i'm connecting some dots in my head about people they've talked about and who you are yeah that's Um, true but yeah. I am due to report to the uh, soldiers on the first tier about what I found while I was out scouting. Uh, I will make sure to check in with uh, your leader while I'm down there. And Perfect. he leaves to go his way. The wolves did not accompany him. You're not sure where they went. You don't remember them peeling off while they were mm. in the path. They've just kind of disappeared. 
Um, hmm. but he is now just right. like a king walking on his own and just on like just sheer force of personality. There's almost like a bubble of respect around him as he walks. Um, I but mean, he heads I'm over to the, the gemstone hall, I mean, takes the reticulator down. You could have talked to me. I mean, I'm one of the leaders too. <laughs> I, was like, you know, I mean, yeah. Why didn't you say something? I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't think of it at the time. I didn't, feel, didn't, I didn't either. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> I just think of you like a, like a buddy, not as much as a leader. Sorry about oh. that. I think of you as a buddy too, you know, I don't like uh, like explosion buddies. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, boom, boom buddies. That's yeah, what we are from now on. Boom buddies. It's like Boomers. The, it's like the band camp effect. Like you were stuck on this long trip with just the two of you for so long that now you come back and just like your lives are changed and you're going to be forever friends and like <laughs> But it's all off screen and no one else in the party like understands yeah. it. Like it's mm-hmm. just <laughs> Well, uh let's uh let's talk to Bruce over here. He looks uh I haven't I mean, oh, yeah. I haven't really seen him like that. Bruiser. Oh, uh, Connor? Yeah, yeah, me and Jib. Oh, uh, just, just, just the mole folk I wanted to see. Uh, not, not me. Okay. I'm, not the, I'm not the imitation you wanted to see. You Come are on. a gunner. But and you didn't Bruiser say. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. You're the imitation I also wanted to see. Thank you. I, that means a lot. <laughs> So, uh, what's going on? The smell in here is not good. Um, is there, uh, like, I I see the ship over there in the distance. Um, yeah, way yeah. up above. Yeah. As, uh, uh, it turns out it has an anchor one. That does. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, we didn't consider... His name's Fox. Know, <laughs> <laughs> we did not uh, consider landing as part of our uh, building detail or construction detail in the mountain. Uh mm. We were just concerned with getting off of the mountain, um, but we found. Turns out it has an anchor, so that's that's a plus. Nice, uh, yeah. The state so, of time is uh, not very good. So we're getting Laredith and we're getting out. I'm pretty sure. Um, where's Alan? Is he? Alan went to go see the queen. Okay. Uh, Fox is currently watching the airship. Okay, cool. I can get my hat back. Yeah, and uh, four guys is relocating. I think they're they're gonna start relocating onto the airship. Oh, nice. Okay, um, we can get Randy to work on some cool stuff. Yeah, and also just like our reputation is very mixed here. So some people love us, some people hate us, some people don't know what to think. Yeah, tale as old as time. Am I right? Have they have they heard about but some of the explosions? Because I think that would raise the bar. I yeah. I would agree. Yeah, on our yeah. reputation. Um, I'm sure some of them have. So they got you out here running supplies or something, or what? Just, what you? What you out here? Yeah, about that. Uh, we need Wingle Digits to power the airship. Ah, don't we all? Story of my life. That cipher truck's a drain. Yes, and I have bargained our way to a hefty supply of Wingle Digits that'll keep us in the air more or less indefinitely for our purposes. That's a lot. Yes. There, uh, And it does not harm the city or the people. Well, I'm I mean, glad you thought about that. Yeah, I would, I, that would have been lower on the list for me. Yeah, uh, that was Fox, Fox's idea, surprisingly. Oh, that's not su- not surprisingly. <laughs> um, he's, he's a much better person than me. Here's the, 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 the unfortunate part of this deal. What's that? 
apparently some some old uh, gambling buddies of yours have remembered your debt and wish to collect on it in exchange for the wiggle digits we need. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, what was the tattoo on the wrist, Josh? Snake eyes. Snake eyes. Um, the the group with the the snake eyes tattoos on their wrist. Gunner, just being a crook and knowing anything about the underworld, you also have heard of the Dead Eyes. They are one of the most notorious uh, gambling and casino rings in all of Uruda. <laughs> uh, Gunner's like, I mean. From what I know of this guy, he would not be stupid enough to deal with the dead eyes. Not even come close to him. I mean, right? Right, Jeb? Okay, look, I was on my own. I was... They, they, they roped me into it. And it was like a work your dead off thing. But kept piling it on top of it and it was the, yeah, the good it was... news is, is, is it is an interest free one time payment Jeb takes a step back yeah Jeb you are familiar with what they mean when they say interest free payment this is a this is not like a new ruse you know Br- no. Bruza, Bruza what, what did she do I successfully negotiated Jeb's life. What does that mean in this context? That could mean that you successfully negotiated it away. That's not I'm rather fond of my eyes. Uh, no eyes. Jeb takes another step back. Um, Jeb bumps into someone as he takes a step back. Is that anybody I recognize? It's not someone you recognize, but it is a dead eye. Um, hey, buddy. There is a poof of pink smoke, and Jeb magic tunnels his way 500 feet into the oh. air, directly up. Okay. Uh, 500 feet. If you're on the fifth tier or even the sixth tier, that gets you up to the 10th tier. So Jeb poof disappears. You reappear on the 10th tier. Um, you're near one of the walls. Let's just say for the sake of convenience, it's the wall nearest the airship. So you appear up on that tier near the airship. Um, you can see Fox leaning over the side, looking around from the airship. Uh, Fox, you are concerned that a bunch of people who claim to have been um, negotiated with by Bruiser have arrived at your airship bearing cases full of money, um, and you feel like there's something familiar about them, but you can't place the the tattoo on their wrists. But they've shown, and they they look like enforcers or thugs or something like that. Um, but leaning over, as you're leaning over looking for Bruiser, you see instead Jeb appear in a poof of pink smoke. I, I don't know what any of this is about. No, I'm not going to bring... Th- Jeb? How many of them are lined up, DM? Uh, you can't see because they're on the airship, which is above you. Oh, okay. 
Fox, there are five of them on the airship with you. They're holding the cases of, of wingle digits. Like they're trying uh, to they're drop off here their with hand. me. Yeah, they Sorry. have no, they flew to you using ciphers of fly and they're trying to drop right. off the money. They're trying to smuggle it to you without it getting confiscated by the city. So they're like trying to do their part of the bargain. Um, they don't necessarily know that Jeb is down there or anything. I mean, I guess you just all right, to all right, him, all right. Just, just set it down. Get out of here. I'll inspect it. We were later. we were instructed to wait uh, to make sure that the uh, the interest was collected on the loan before we left. Loan. All right. Listen, I don't know who you were talking with. We were talking with Bruiser. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you negotiated with him about. We negotiated a loan. I can't have you just sitting on this ship, all right? No, we won't offense. go below decks. We're not trying to start anything. We just need to make sure we connect. We just need to make sure we collect the uh, the payment, the repayment. You can take yourselves and whatever's in that crate off the ship until I confirm whatever this is. I'm afraid we can't do that. If we take this money down to the catwalks, it's going to be confiscated. If not by the city guards, then by the peasants. Don't is it obvious? It's money, DM. Is it you, obvious? It's yes, money? they're like casino crates. It's a gambling ring oh, or casino briefcases. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Well, move over to that side of the deck. Okay. Yeah, we can wait over here, and they head over to the side, probably by the little like the nest. You know, at the at the back yeah. of the deck. Um, they're, they're standing against the wall doing their thing, you know, watching over the crates. You are the only one who notices, um, in the window of the old spa behind them, the glow of a cigar. Bear with me one moment. I'm going to go, uh, check on the spa. Okay. Uh, make a perception check. Did I see where <laughs> Jeb went, Josh? Uh, no, because he went 500 feet vertically. So okay. to your intents and purposes, he just vanished. Okay. All right. 13? The cigar is in one hand, and Mockery's short sword is in her other hand, and she is by the window directly behind the five members of the Dead Eyes who do not know she is there. The cigar was lit as a way to show you that she was there. Mm, okay. I lock eyes with where her face should be. Probably can't see it. Mm-hmm. And uh, twitch my eyebrows. <laughs> thieves can't. One of them looks at you. Uh, okay, yeah, go ahead. What do you say? Um, oh, it's got to be a double meaning. Double meaning. Okay, no, no, trust me. I know, I know. Right, all right. Um, Jeb, you're looking up at the airship. You can't see Fox because yeah, he's I, on the I, airship doing stuff. Did I hear them so, talk at all? Maybe. Roll perception. DC okay. 15. Can't says, uh, so you have this loan secure? Roll deception with disadvantage because there's five of them and they all speak Thieves Can't and are also shady well, characters. That was the point was that it would be something that could be interpreted by them as something I know normal. Yeah, but they're also suspicious people. So we're going to roll with with disadvantage deception. Uh-huh. The DC is 15. 15 should be easy for you to beat. You're damn right. It is. Yeah. 21. 
It's just the deception because there's so many of them sure looking at you. It should be. Uh, they they, they kind of give you a little eyebrow wiggle back. Uh, like, yes, the loan is secure. You know, we're, we're going to okay. take care of it. Um, and one of them even like quick flips open the briefcase and shuts it again just to show you their real wingle digits inside and then shuts it again because they think that's what you're asking is like, where's my proof that this is real? Uh, Jeb, right, what was right. your perception? Oh, not, not a lot. Okay, so you did not hear Fox yelling to them up there? Uh, well, okay. And I'm going to hop, hop, hop over to the rope ladder. As you're walking over up. there, a random peasant is like, are, are you Jebediah? Are you no. Jebediah Peppermint? Nope. Are Jeb, you? he wears that big hat. Is it's it not true? Me. Is it's it? not me. Oh, okay. Well, do you know him? Do you know him? You said you I know mean, about I've the I've heard hat? of him. He's a rascal. Is it, is it true he wears lifts in his shoes? That's what I heard on the morning's report. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's, that's funny. <laughs> Imagine a short guy wearing lifts in his shoes, and he go, well, he walks away again. The um, start climbing up the rope ladder. Okay, you climb up the rope ladder. Um, uh, I'll tell you when you get there. Fox, okay. you're up on the deck. Can I roll perception to see if I see like where the rope ladder's like little jiggling at the top? Oh, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, roll perception. You don't even need to roll perception. Yes, you notice. Okay. Um, so do the dead eyes. Um. But I'm gonna walk over and look down um at at, at uh Jeb. I'm gonna be like Hello? Oh, hey pup, yeah, I I'm gonna need my hat back and I got a little bit of trouble. We need to work on something probably try to get out of here real soon. Somebody's after me. Oh he, he says uh, from way below. Um, can I roll to, to connect the dots here? You don't need to roll to connect the dots. You, okay, this is probably good. enough that you can put the pieces together on where you've seen that logo before. Cause last time it was you who stepped in front of him when the dead eyes showed up and you were like, yeah, get on out of here. Take off my hat and scratch my head. Listen, now we can't take anybody on board. All right. No peasants, no, no passengers. All right. I'm not a peasant. I'm not. I mean, what? Listen, we don't take any any snakes on board. All right. And I continue climbing, but at a slower rate. Okay. Now, what did I just tell you? Now, get on, get, and I, I'm going to take my hat off, Jebediah's hat, and throw it at him like I'm trying to beat somebody off the ladder. Okay. Uh, the hat <laughs> flutters down towards Jeb. Uh, and because there's that bullet hole in the top, instead of being like a leaf, it, you know, goes in a straight line. And so it actually falls to you, Jeb. I'll catch it and I'll put mm -hmm. it on my head and I'm just going to be like, is it my birthday cake? <laughs> 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 Sure. You hear behind anywhere you anywhere but here. Fox, you hear the footsteps behind you of one of the dead eyes walking up towards you. Who are you yelling to over there? Let oh, me take a know, look. People have been trying to get up on this ship all day. He pulls even with you. Secure? He pulls even with you and is is about to put his hands on the railing. He's leaning I'm gonna, forwards. I'm gonna, I'm going to be like, you're supposed to be watching out for shit like that. I'm going to point behind him and point at the whole group of them and point at a random bird. <laughs> uh, roll 
a just roll charisma, and I believe you have advantage because you have the rod. Um, but roll charisma to influence him with your behavior. The roll okay. is not difficult. <laughs> just straight charisma, or is this persuasion? Uh, persuasion, sure. I'll take persuasion. Okay. Uh, 25. 25. Okay. Uh, with his four, uh, <laughs> he turns around and goes, like, what? And he looks over, and the, the other four are looking at you like you're crazy. They're like, it's just a bird, man. It's not. Yeah, yeah, don't you? That thing could be a shape-shifting uh, a druid for all you know, all right? They squint at you, and one of them goes, you know what a lot about shape-shifting? Blow out the candle. <laughs> <laughs> And I continue climbing up. How close am I? <laughs> uh, you're like three quarters of the way there. I'm going to um, make the motion of putting out an invisible cigar. Okay. All right. Now you've outstayed. You're welcome here. Question my authority. With a smashing of glass. The uh, entire window of the old spa explodes outwards. Mockery has not punched through it with her sword. She has stomped on her cigar, like tossed it on the ground and stomped on it, drawn a second short sword. She's holding them backwards so the blades go down from her fists. And she has picked up the table, the war table, and just shoved it through the window. So it is wide enough that it hits all four of them, knocking them all prone. And then she drops the table on them and deftly rolls for, she got a nat 20, deftly rolls out of the window onto them and just kind of hero lands on the table the two short swords out and she winks at the one dead eye who's still standing he turns away like just to flinch which provokes an opportunity attack from fox oh yeah uh i'm gonna go for the grapple and i'm going to immediately pull a dagger to his throat okay uh i'm not sure what you roll necessarily i forget uh athletics or acrobatics opposed by the same from the other guy okay uh 23 acrobatics Okay. That's a 13 <laughs> plus 5 is 18 is not enough. Uh, so you successfully grapple, put the dagger to his throat. Did I stutter when I said you outstayed your welcome? Mockery is going to take advantage of the stunned condition for the four who got knocked over and just coup de growl four of them one at a time. Uh, so she just basically walks around <laughs> and puts Bruiser's them out like, of their misery. My deal! My precious deal! <laughs> <laughs> I worked hard on that deal! Um, Jeb, as you climb onto the ship, readying yourself to contribute to the fight, you instead see uh, a tiefling sitting down very casually on what looks like the war table, uh, surrounded by shattered glass with like limbs sticking out from under it and Fox with a dagger to the neck of one of the dead eyes. Um, that dead eye is going to make one roll to try and escape uh, as Jeb climbs up onto the thing. Uh, his acrobatics check to escape is a non-natural 20. Fox, go ahead and roll to oppose it with acrobatics or athletics. Do I have any sort of advantage? No. This is just a grapple. Just opposed grappling. Well, that's a uh, six. Okay. Except he, it succeeds. Uh, the rod of luck. Oh, the rod the of luck. luck. Let's go. Uh, so it looks for all the world like he's going to escape. And then actually, Fox, describe how in a lucky way you re-restrain him. 
Okay. Like, how is he it luck? catches me off guard, and he's about to twist, and my hand slips, and the dagger falls, and in my panic to readjust him and grab him, my left hand instead grabs the dagger and accidentally jabs him in the way he's twisting, so he's twisting so it, like, into the blade. Uh, yeah, so he, like, twists back real quick and flinches, and that's what puts him back in your grapple. And I'm just like... Yeah, I caught you doing that. Yeah, I, that was all me. <laughs> <laughs> Jeb, who of course knows, is like standing there next to you. Uh, okay, and then you are back on the airship, Jeb. This combat is now over. He's not going to fight again after yeah. the okay. that catch. You know, that was too fast of a of a response. Hey, uh, pup, you remember that debt that I thought that I paid off all that time ago? Yeah. Well, it looks like they're coming to collect. And the debt you already paid. Hey, I don't know how these things work. But all right. Well, uh, uh, seeing how it's already paid and I, I'm sure they probably caused you some inconvenience. Uh, we'll, we'll send a message, right? You like and I look like the guy I'm holding. You'll send them a message, right? <laughs> I mean, you, Jeb you want me to pats. take him a message. What do you want me to tell him? Jeb pats oh. big boy on his on his side and says, I think I'd like to send him a message. Oh, yeah. No, you know what? Straight straight from your mouth. Sure. And I, I uh, move a little bit. So that way the 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 railings behind me and I hold him a little over to the left. OK. <laughs> yeah. I, ha, wait, where where's you down in? Is it down at like near tier one? Where 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 are you located? No, we're where, we're not in we're not on tier. He's starting to figure out what you're doing. He's like tensing up a little bit. Like we're not on <laughs> tier one. No, we're not down there. We're we're in the resident. We're in the we're in the walls. We're not we're not we're not on the on the on the oh, on the tiers. We're in the walls. Yeah, <laughs> he's, uh, he's in the walls. <laughs> mm, just like a rat. Yeah, just just like a rat. Do you, do you think rats can fly? Mm. I mean, there's one way to find out. <laughs> it's all you, Jeb. <laughs> I don't know, man. We need to. These guys are a cancer, and I hate that they're in here. And I don't feel bad about taking their money. That was... That's that's something special right there that I wasn't expecting. They were just coming after me for blood. At least uh, I think. Jeb, you have about about five seconds before I do something on your behalf. He's going to make another attempt to escape. That's um, fair. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's rolling. All right, I got a fifteen. Okay, he has a plus five to whatever this roll is. Eleven plus four is fifteen. Attacker wins in a tie. I don't know who the attacker is in this situation. I think it's probably... The attacker would be the person grappling. Yeah, I think it's probably still Fox. I agree. Yeah. Um, So, Fox, he's fighting hard, but you are still restraining him. But it's now, like, it's an effort again to restrain him. And maybe he's, like, you know, wedged an arm in front of the the knife hand. You know, like, he's so... You can't quite press the knife to his throat anymore, so he's trying to break out of the hold. So what's it going to be, Jeb? Let me go, man. Let me go. I'm just, I'm just the carrier. You know how these people work, man. I do. You tell Clark 
You tell Clark that him and I will settle this. You tell him to come up here on this catwalk. The four dead people roll over in their glassy graves at you calling him Clark instead of Deadeye. Or instead of one shot. <laughs> yeah. You told Clark that him and I are going to settle this. I, I can tell him. I can tell him. Sure. I uh, still have him in a grapple, but I, I flick the dagger away from his throat. Okay. I kick him off the edge. He can fall the 30 feet or what, like 20 feet or whatever it is to the catwalk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dang. Uh, yeah, he does not take enough damage to die. So he falls, and you can hear a collective gasp from the people down there. The The rumor mill about four guys is exploding. Uh, yeah, let that be known what we do to thieves! <laughs> <laughs> Clara uh, and Radford, you are uh, continuing your conversation, trying to find some solution for these monks when someone runs in and goes, Miss Clara, Miss Clara, you were, you were, you were asking about the, the four guys, right? You were hearing, I was telling you all about how like they're evil mm-hmm. necromancers, right? Well, those freaking oh, necromancers yeah. just killed another guy. They kicked him right off, of, off of the boat. They kicked him over the side. I saw him fall. It came right down here to tell you, you never, what they're kind here. Of boat? What are you, there's no water here. No, they're the flying boat. Ah, they got the flying boat up there. They kicked him right thinking over the side. You're airboat. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they kicked him right over the side, Miss Clara. They're here. They're going to kill us all, turn us into evil undeads. Oh, honey, calm down. It's going to be okay. We're we're going to go figure this out for you, baby. It's going to be just like they did with that weird, the, the fake king in, in the dwarf place. They're going to turn us into their evil undead minions. All right, baby. You cannot believe everything that you see on the TV. Okay, baby? This but I, is not... But I saw it in the morning's report. I, you know... It's it's going to be all right. How about we just take some deep breaths, okay? Breathe in. <sighs> Breathe out. All right. Have you had your daily swill? Yeah, I had my swill you had this your, morning. Okay. I can't. Well, just pat your belly. But pat your the, belly. It was the one with the... Give the, me a smile. It was the one with the lifts in his shoes and the one who was dating the fish. I know. I know all about them. Yeah, I will they, go and figure out what's they true. They them. They kicked them right over the side. We're on You danger. cannot believe everything you see you on the televised. I'm safe. telling you, it's not It's not all real. Miss, Some of it is pretend. Miss Clara, the televibe wouldn't lie. You just can't believe everything, baby. But that's what the whole point of bringing the televibes in was. was Some so of it is for get... fun. You know how you know, sometimes we just tell stories. Some of it is for fun. No, okay, so you no. can't believe all of it. Mr. Sav donated them so we could stay in touch with what's happening in the world. It was really kind of yeah. Sir Topham Sav. It was very kind. But you you are getting all worked up and we are we're trying to stay calm, right? It's everything we've heard. All that you said they were just rumors, but it's happening up there. We'll go check it out, baby. You stay down here. We're going to figure it out. And on that note, tonight's Dungeons and Dragons session comes to a close. Don't you st- don't you dare yeah. end it I was about to right say. there. Don't That's you the dare. That's it. That's the end of the night. How, how, how dare you take our idea <laughs> and use it against us? Dang nab you.